0: Welcome to Pound Around, the official Uppercut podcast. Here we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. I'm your host, Jessica Howard, and wow, it feels very good to be back. Uh, This is our first new episode of Pound in a little over a month because we all took a nice long summer vacation, but I promise you this one is going to be well worth the wait. Uh, With me today I have four incredible guests. From Uppercut we have our very own editor-in-chief Ty. How are you Ty?
1: Hello, I'm good. How are you Jess?
0: I'm good. I'm a a little sleepy. We're recording at kind of a different time for us because I feel like we usually do We usually do at
1: night, which is why I always sound tired, because my ass goes to bed at, like, 9 p.m. And now we're in my domain of the daytime.
0: (laughs) You are the captain now.
1: Yes.
2: When are they not the captain, though? Like, really, though?
0: At night, because I'm (laughs) sleepy. (laughs) Uh, We also have Kayla. You just just heard Kayla's lovely voice there a second ago. How are you doing, Kayla? I'm also sleepy. This is not...
2: My time, I thrive at night. I'm fine though. Just tired. But it's okay because we're talking about games and it's been a while, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um and next up we have the man with the ever-changing Twitter names and with bylines over at IGN and PC Gamer. Uh he's also a senior editor over at Irrational Passions and is actually one of the first editors that I ever worked with. And he helped me become a much, much, much better writer. Um Jarrett Green, how are you doing today? Hi, I-
3: <laughs> oh, I'm great. The the best part of having a, a Twitter name that changes to problematic things every once in a while is that happens right after I get an IGN review, and a lot of people are retweeting me, and they're like, "Who's this man? Oh, he's blackface Mike Lindell. Oh no, maybe I shouldn't follow him."
0: <laughs> I I love it though, because like I'll see it, and I'm just, like every time I'm just like Jesus Christ. <laughs>
3: I do good. it specifically to troll George. George, uh, <laughs> George Cruz Alvarez, once a member of Rational Passions, now over there at um, Pop Agenda. Um, he very good at social media, very good at PR. Um, I do the exact opposite of what you should do for PR, just so he can text me and be like, why are you like this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, and I miss George. He's such a sweet, sweet man. Um, lastly, you might know her from... Uh, You know, the entirety of games media, because she's literally everywhere and killing it everywhere. Uh, She runs her own Patreon and blog, which you can find at PennedPixels.com. She is a Twitch streamer, a frequent collaborator with the folks over at MinMax, and is also a co-host at Kind of Funny. Janet Garcia, how are you? I'm good. I don't think I have a a
4: peak time of the day. I think I just have waves (laughs) where I get a lot of energy. So hopefully this
0: is one of them. Ooh, okay. I like that. Uh, keep us on our toes a little bit. <laughs> Just like Jarrett's uh, ever-changing names. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about Game of the Year. Kind of. Uh, Game of the Mid-Year? Um, I don't know. We're not doing like this whole vote bracket thing because... Because that sucks. It, su- it sucks. it sucks. It sucks <laughs> to do.
1: Y'all heard it, the fucking time we tried to do Game of the Decade. And we did it, but at what cost? Um, true. It sucks. So we're doing con- Conveyor Belt Sushi of Games.
0: Oh, I like that. Conveyor Belt Sushi of Games is good. That's actually, that's the name of what this is. It's not Mid-Year Game of the Year. It's Conveyor Belt Sushi Games. Yeah. Uh, just confuse everybody. Terrible for SEO. Let's do it.
1: Fuck SEO. Um, it's not like we use it anyway.
0: <laughs> true. <laughs> kind of, We kind of just hope that we stumble into to people liking something that we do, yeah, this, we just—that's our uh...
1: just kind of dab through it. It's fine.
0: <laughs> I just want to like
2: preface before we head into all this that I noticed there are two games on this like full list that um, the company that I'm interning for have worked with for PR. So I just want to like preface that uh, I have not played, or well, I will not be talking whatsoever about them, um, just for transparency's sake. And I didn't actually work on these games, but just for, you know, transparency, I'm going to just throw that in there um that I will be completely silent when y'all are talking about them.
0: So, this being a conveyor belt sushi of games, the way that we're going to do this, the way that seemed I don't know, most logical to me, um we'll see how logical it actually is once we start doing it, is we're just going to kind of go through the big releases chronologically um and and i don't know like just touch on them say like oh yeah i played that this is what i've thought um and have have little tiny conversations about everything um there's a few games that like for instance i'm, I'm looking at our little list over here right and it looks like none of us played persona 5 strikers so we might like mention it and be like ah that came out but we're just kind of breeze past it um because as of right now we don't have anything to say about them so january was a little bit of a drier month the two big games that i have on here are hitman 3 and the medium and i didn't play either of those so i'm gonna throw it to uh janet and Jarrett for hitman 3 because it looks like y'all both played it oh yeah yeah. this was was actually my first hitman
4: game Jarrett was this like your intro or are you like a longtime fan of the series
3: I don't know if I'm a fan of the series, really, but I've played a lot of these games. It turned out I didn't realize how many of them I've played until I played Hitman Three. I didn't play two, but I played the first sort of remaster of these in 2016. But I had also played a bunch of the PS2 ones. Nice. Um, and you can kind of see like little hints of them, like and references to them in these games. But they are, you know, they're completely different series. You can almost treat them like different games at this point.
4: Yeah. And like jumping in, I I mean, it's been already well documented that Hitman has like some of the best stealth in in gaming. And uh, I just absolutely loved it. It's a beautiful looking game. I think the stealth was really strong and I like how creative it lets you get with how you take on objectives uh, while also having like a bit of handholding if needed, where it can kind of guide you to, OK, how do you if you just want to get the mission done, how do you do that? Um, which was really helpful for me because I am not historically good at stealth I'm like oh this AI is actually intelligent okay well I guess I can't just shoot into the wind or just throw people off of buildings and not expect anyone to see me so for someone who is used to doing what I call jank stealth where you go for stealth but then once it's you know ruined you just start shooting everywhere uh, it sort of challenged Yay. me to, to to step up my game <laughs> a little bit um, but I had fun doing it you know I still haven't um, seen it all the way through yet which will be a recurring theme in this episode but uh, i enjoyed what i played so far
3: i think jank stealth is like a really good way to kind of reference a kind of version of stealth that's existed probably since the ps2 era now they don't do stealth games the same way they used to um, because it's kind of a frustrating thing like you kind of have to be stealthy or you lose and like people don't like that generally speaking um, so, to design around it, it's kind of like we give you all these options if stealth breaks, but now you're no longer playing a stealth game, really. Like, you're, mm. you know, your Uncharted stealth missions are not very stealthy. It's kind of like stealth until you're not stealth, and then you just kill everybody else. Um, this uh, Hitman reminds me a lot of Tenchu back in the day, where Tenchu, like, you... The controls were so bad, like, the action controls were so bad, you almost couldn't survive if you were caught, because you just did not have the tools to fight three or four guard with swords because you had tank controls and the action was so goofy. Hitman 3 reminds me of that because you, like, bullets are super lethal. You only can hold so much, and you're surrounded by, you know, armed men who are very good at shooting you and not going to miss. So that's that's a proposition you're not going to win, so you kind of have to play stealthy or you're going to lose. Uh, it's a really fun throwback to that, I think. It's also super expressive. Like you can do a whole lot of things in that game. It gives you not just you know a line to one objective, but once you get that objective done, it gives you like four more objectives that that play this game or play that level like completely differently. Gives you new targets, new ways to kill them, Um, and then you can kind of find your own ways in between that, depending on how you know creative you really want to get, or or how you know hard you want to look at these details. I, I think a game that can create a level that is its own game and kind of is its own set of systems and then have a next level that is a completely different set of them. It's just such a, such a brave and kind of like confident thing to do as a game designer. And it's, it's really hard not to appreciate Hitman three just from the outside, looking in, whether you're a fan or not, just looking at just having someone have the audacity to make a level. You just do whatever you want it. Um, and, almost everything you do will have some sort of feedback that'll that'll be a reward for doing it that's just a, a super impressive thing and a great way to start a year in my yeah
4: opinion. it's still like in my top 10 probably just because it's really good and i think it definitely has to be appreciated uh i also just quickly want to shout out too what um the speedrunning community has done with this game like seeing um a really skilled player take on missions versus like myself take on missions <laughs> it's just so interesting again with the the union mentioned not being able to pull off without stealth and yet there are players who can like okay i'm gonna headshot from like down on the first floor to the balcony and then you know flank on this side and then just loop around take this shortcut so it's been really cool seeing how much that creativity is fostered both in the design but also in the community stepping up and you know we've seen that with the support they've done for the game as well like collaborating with you know like min M- max and kind of funny and, and other like you know, fans or companies and things, uh, and just getting creative with it. So yeah, definitely a fun one to check out, even if you have never played a Hitman game before.
0: It's definitely one that I wanted to pick up when it went on sale. I think I'm trying to remember, I did a podcast right after, it. oh, it was was the GameSpot one. Um, I did the podcast and they were talking about how, like, there's this mode where you can basically, like, shuffle objectives or something like that. Mm. You, You go back and through and it kind of, like, randomizes it to where you have a different experience like maybe a different target or like a different objective or different way that you need to go about it and like that sounds like such a smart way to add longevity to a game and i i don't know it's something that i think i'm gonna pick it up once um it goes on sale for sure that sounds like something maybe to do over like i don't know the holidays
3: Were it feels like something that's gonna have a group oh
1: sorry jared
3: it feels like something's going to be packed in like one, two, and three. Since the maps carry over, like mm-hmm. this is almost prime for like an end of the year like game of the edition or game of the year edition sort of buy all three at once situation. Uh, yeah, like yeah. For that. yeah uh, that makes were, sense. were
1: there any fun costumes in this one? Because in two, you could be a flamingo. <laughs> uh,
3: yes, um, you can dress as a raver in one of the in like the club one. Uh, but there's like multiple ravers, so you never know which one. It's really funny. Um, there is a mascot. I don't remember what it was though. Mm. But you can definitely put like a furry costume on. I just don't, I I can't remember for the life of me what it was.
4: I was really Tied sad that, that you couldn't put on a maid outfit because there was that like house that yeah. everyone. What was that movie everyone compared it to? They're like it's the um,
3: Knives Out.
4: Yeah, it's not. Even though oh. it wasn't, they're like it's not Knives Out, but everyone's like it's Knives Out. They're like it literally That's... wasn't Knives
3: Out. That is one of my favorite levels of. Any <laughs> it was game super year. fun. That's like one of the few thing. ones that
4: I, I actually was able to do decently well. I like got the rat
0: poison, and I put in the drink. Like I was very proud. Mm. Nice. That's fun. Um cool. Well I guess like not to not to stay on any one game for too long. We'll we'll hit up the next one. Uh the next one is The Medium, which Ty and Janet, both of you played that one. How'd you like it? What are your thoughts?
1: It's a Blueberry team game. Oh yeah. Um uh, <laughs> is My first thought, um, I don't know, I am a fan of things that are bad, (laughs) um, so I think I enjoyed this game more than a lot of folks did. That said, um, it was, like, extremely mid to, like, not great, probably, um, I didn't like a lot of the camera choices they made. Um, just cause, like, they give you very strange fixed camera angles at points where you're being, like, hunted, and it's not even, like, the Resident Evil 4, like, right over the shoulder shit, it's just, like, all these very weird angles, and, like, I was playing it in our Discord for a little while, like, on stream there, and everybody was like, what is going on with the camera, and I was like, fuck if I know, we're just gonna hope we don't get eaten by the, Farbaker. by the skin monster. <laughs> <sighs> What
4: did you think about it, Janet? I am kind of right there with you. Like it, I finally rolled credits on this one actually, just because it's not terribly long of a game, and I was yeah. intrigued enough that I'm like, I have to finish this. I just, I just do it. There was, it was a compulsion for me, um, and a lot of people in my community uh, who are watching me stream it. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of people were like, "This is still this studio's best project," which I think is still probably true because I played a little bit of Blair Witch and hated it. Yeah. Blair Witch um, sucks, but yeah. I.
1: I like Layers of Fear, too.
4: I have not checked that one out. Yeah.
1: But I think they're probably not good, but I like
4: them. (laughs) I think the medium, one thing that is kind of... For me, it's a a game where I don't think it's good, but I could see why someone would say it's, like, barely good, just because I I think it has some interesting ideas when it comes to, uh, you know, you play as a... Oh, God, what's the word for a medium, basically, right? Yeah. (laughs) Where you're um, able to control, like, the... Um, you know, physical world and also the spirit world in a sense. Like you have two, like sort of, almost selves in a way, and you can kind of toggle between them, almost like Luigi, guigi style. In um, yeah, kind in, of in, Lu- in Luigi's it's Mansion like, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: If if Luigi's Mansion was um worse,
4: if it was like <laughs> IRL, but yeah, more in the horror. And also, it's without going to spoilers, it goes to some weird places narratively that I think, mm, how well done was this? I don't really know. I...
1: Yeah, I think, like, it has, it kind of actually ties into the conversation that's been happening around Boyfriend Dungeon lately of, like, it does really get into, like, child abuse and sexual abuse and all of this stuff. And, like, I don't think that games, like, shouldn't cover that. And I think there's a version of this game that would have actually been an interesting take on that.
4: Yeah, I but think it's a then, little heavy-handed or heavy yeah, tentacles. it
1: well, is that even? Oh, God. But it's not even that, but like the the story, like the main like familial story, I think is what should have been the focus. And instead it's like and then there was like a Soviet spy and it's or like or no, an anti it's like an anti-communist hunter man. I don't know. The ending is very strange and like it just like shoves an entire extra plot into the back third of the game for like no apparent reason. Um, and so then by the time you get to the end, it's just like, well, well pretty bleak.
4: Yeah. Bye. I, th- I think, like, the bullet point pros of this game is that mechanically it's doing some interesting things with the two different worlds you control, uh, and I do enjoy, like, exploring spooky areas and picking up notes and things. Like, I find that appealing <sighs> yeah. in games. Um, and it's I, think, I think it looks pretty good. Like, not, like, amazing, but it, I thought it looked decent, um, you know, and, um, for the cons... <laughs> I would say, uh, yeah, the the plot was very layered in weird ways. Um, there, this, there are stealth areas in this that are just horrible to play. They uh, suck. I can't stand Troy Baker yelling in me over and over again. It was just, it was like, <laughs> yeah, vaguely sexual in, w- in which you know horror and sex are always, like, closely tied together, but, like, that kind of stuff was weird, where it's like, I want to wear your skin-type horror, yeah, but, like... Yeah, and it's,
1: like, and that's, like, the point of the character, but, like, it does get... it. It's still kind of like Troy a bad Baker, haunted
4: house, a little bit, you know? Listen
1: to Troy Baker do the Ma's voice. is already, like, a homophobic experience, but then for him to, like, be screaming, like, oh, <laughs> did your daddy touch you? Like, no. Like, it's too much. It's too much...
4: And I didn't like sound like
0: far too much.
4: But it's but I, I will say since it's in that like bad, to, I can see why some people would say it's good, but I wouldn't say it's good. Um, It's been mm. sort of the line that like me and my community have used for like whenever I play a game, they're like, oh, if I'm not that hot on it, they're like, is it better than the medium? And I'm like, and then when I have to, and it, it just puts it in an <laughs> interesting space, you know, not to shade the game too much, because like I said, I think I have some good ideas. But yeah, it, it kind of hits that line for me.
1: Uh, I don't regret playing it. I mean, I did have to play it because I got commissioned to write about it, um, so I didn't really have a choice. But I don't regret it. It was interesting.
0: Same. Yeah. yeah, that was that was when it seemed like I had like a lot of like sensitive subjects matter. So I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, Bluebird loves to be like, hmm.
1: Let's take some very. Yeah. Uh, very dark shit about mental health and abuse and just yeah. just just have a time. Let's just let's just do some stuff. And it's like, alright, okay. <laughs>
4: it's like the mm. spirit of your alcoholic dad asking for a you to find a book in a room. It's like this is kinda weird, but okay. <laughs> and that's like the tamer
1: end of shit. That's yes, like very much like the <laughs> low them being low key.
3: <laughs> I heard Observer was okay.
1: Um, I've heard mixed things about Observer. I did buy it though, so I will play it on stream eventually, once I'm done in <laughs> Titty Town.
3: Never leave Titty Town.
1: What's I'm titty trying town? not that's Resident Evil. Ah,
3: uh, okay, okay. That's I'm in right. the castle yeah.
1: being chased by scary women and I'm having a great time. <laughs> and also crying, it's fine.
0: <laughs> uh the only other game that I played in January, which I just remembered, um and I don't I don't know, it was like kinda it's an indie game, it's a smaller one, so I don't know if anybody else played. It was Olia. Did anybody else play that? Yeah, I played that, yeah. I I liked that game a lot actually. Very, like, kind of Katana Zero vibes.
3: Kind of. A little bit.
0: Kind Um, of, yeah. Where
3: Katana Zero kind of wants perfection in, like, a puzzle sort of screen running sort Mm -hmm. of way. This is kind of understated in the same way. I think the action's a bit more forgiving because, I mean, A, you can be hit, (laughs) where in Katana Zero you can't, but um, I love the, the sort of understated both visuals and sort of story like you're kind of a guy you're you were there you explored everyone but you found a curse it's cursing you can you save it will you save the girl blah 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 blah. very yeah kind of like you you kind of you got everything you needed up front and the rest of it is just you kind of running through this place and and figuring it out
0: yeah it was like a very um I don't know I don't want to say like basic because i feel like that has negative connotations but i don't know it's just like a very straightforward pretty short game um fairly people, like linear I was kind of
3: sad about this about the length and i was exa- i think that was the perfect length for that game
0: oh i think it was too like i when i say short game i never mean that negatively because i i love games that are more compact like i love it when when games respect my very little free time. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed it, though. Like, I think that was the first new game I played this year. And I was like, oh, that was like a really nice one to start start the year with. It was like a very uh, pleasant, fun game. Um, I think that the art was really cool, too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I didn't know if anybody else played it. So I, I like that one. Uh, and then Ty, you just threw down Ender Lilies
1: yes because how- i realized that it came out on steam in january and then it came out on switch in like july uh which confused my brains but yes Henderlilies. lilies did anyone else play it no
0: no okay. not okay. i <laughs>
1: uh, should we it- yes well maybe it depends do you like hollow Knight?
4: no but that's my fault that's my fault <laughs> oh, no, i'm not good I enough how good do is- i gotta be <laughs> what does that mean <laughs>
0: What is oh, that, that mean, so Janet?
4: <laughs> no, I know exactly. Last, like I, I only spent like 10 minutes. It was like the classic. I only oh. spent like 10 minutes with it. Like I got to like a boss and I'm like, he wants me to do a lot. And I'm like, maybe some other day. Um.
1: Well, so, okay. Ender Lilies, and I don't want this to sound like negative or like if this is a, a criticism of it because it's super not. Ender Lilies is kind of like baby's first Hollow Knight.
4: Okay, in a way that
1: I really enjoy, <laughs> um, it has that same kind of like monochromatic palette with like you know the little areas that glow and shit, um. But basically, you play as this like little girl who wakes up in a like kind of decrepit temple, um, and the spirit of this swordsman has been waiting for you and is basically like, yeah, so. Uh, there's this rain that comes down and poisons everybody and turns them into, like, abomination monster things. Uh, we gotta try to survive and, like, figure this out. Uh, you can use my sword, though. So basically, like, you can summon him to fight and he, like, literally appears out of your body and, like, swings his sword. Um, and you have the power to, like, cleanse other spirits that you find along the way, so you add a bunch of different ones that do different things to your inventory and then you can like switch out like your build basically um and then it's Hollow Knight style and it's like that you know 2D side scrolling platforming kind of shit um and it's like metroidvania E to a degree um but it's cool it's really pretty um and I like that it's not super hard or like super confusing as far as um where you're going it has like a map that you kind of get more uh it has like more obvious information on it um yeah i think it slaps
4: cool i'll have to check it out
1: yeah it's on switch and i think hold on i pulled it up because i wanted to double check the date oh it's on like fucking everything so hell yeah everything but like
2: ios (laughs) womp womp womp
0: Yeah, I think that takes us through January, right? Like I can't think of any other. It was kind, like I said, it was kind of a little bit of a drier month, which is not a bad thing. Um, There are so many games. (laughs) It's nice when you know you don't have to worry about like fifteen coming out in the span of two months and being overwhelmed. Um, Like the last two months. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, February had a little bit more going on though. I think Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury was the first, like, kind of big one to to come out that month. And I played that game, and I really loved it, um, both 3D World and Bowser's Fury. And Which is crazy, because, like, I'm not even a huge, I know this is, like, blasphemous, but I'm not a huge Mario person. I'm not huge in, like, I don't know, 2D platformers. Um, but I guess it's not quite really that any like in 3D World, obviously because it's 3D. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm not huge on platformers in general, but I really, really enjoyed that game. Uh, Ty and Janet, looks like both of both of you played it too.
4: Yeah, I had um, originally played 3D World when it came out um, on mm-hmm. the Wii U. That feels like so long ago. <laughs> but I got this anyway because. Nintendo but mostly because I was curious about Bowser's Fury everyone was talking about it so I spent most of my time in that part of it uh I enjoyed it I wasn't as like enamored as other people where people were like this is what I want the next Mario game to be like I'd be open to that but it didn't it didn't strike me necessarily that way um I did like having Mm -hmm. a, a sort of hub world I think my biggest gripe is that because there's sort of these events that occur where Bowser's like throwing a bunch of stuff down at you and you have to like kind of cleanse these bells and things i'm like i kind of just want the freedom to explore without the stress of needing to deal with this every few moments um so that's probably my biggest gripe about it and it has co-op in bowser's fury but the co-op in bowser's fury sucks because it's the kind of co-op where the second player can basically do almost nothing it's kind of just like and i know people are gonna say well it's for a parent with their child or something but i I don't think that's i mean the co-op's not good unless you're willing to just be sort of a a passive bystander that's sort of knocking out enemies, um, which was kind of a bummer, because in 3D World, the co-op was, like, incredible, and I had so much fun um, Mm -hmm. playing through that with my brother, and uh, he's since gone on to replay it, and we're working on um, maybe doing, like, that... The Hellscape that is... um,
0: What's it called? Victory rainbow road or something uh the secret area like that final yeah that final area that's like all celestial yeah the gauntlet like
4: we're gonna try to do that at Mm -hmm. some point but uh we'll see how that goes uh yeah it's such a good game uh plessy's (laughs) also in this game love plessy awesome big dumb dinosaur super cute yes yes.
0: those levels are so fun too i i mean i'm a sucker for like any sort of like i don't know i guess like racing i don't know like like what would you call that like i don't know It's like racing without cars. (laughs) Yeah. Like I always think of like Crash Bandicoot Warped and like the tiger levels. Like that's what I think of where you just like hop on an animal and just have like a fun little break from, you know, regular platforming. Uh, Plessy is very fun. Um, But I completely agree with everything you said about Bowser's Fury. I think that how often like Bowser went off (laughs) was, was kind of a lot. And I was lucky enough to be like, the person who was in control playing Bowser's Fury because my husband was like, oh, no, you don't, like, you don't get a chance to, like, sit down and play games, which is ironic because, like, I write about them a lot. He's like, so I want you to kind of, like, enjoy this and and I'll be the little, like, baby Bowser. And I was like, okay, sounds great. And, like, if I had been uh, Bowser Jr., though, I would have been kind of bummed because you really don't get to do anything. You're just kind of hovering. Um, You can hit people. It's it's not like anything super engaging. It really is. For, it's best for like parents and children if you're playing together. Um, but that's still I don't know. It, it'd be nice if you could do a little bit more. Um, so I agree with everything you said, Janet. Um, the next game that came out—I don't know—I have this on my list. I don't know if this is if I'm really hitting it chronologically. Um, this is just this is just how it's formatted on here. Uh, is Persona Five Strikers, which it doesn't look like anybody played. I watched a bit of it. Um, it adds to the Persona Five story in a way that I didn't think it was going to, based on like the type of game that it is. I wasn't necessarily expecting it to. Um, I don't know. I guess like be narratively heavy Um, but it looks like it did and I've heard a lot of good things about it Uh, did any of y'all like uh, try it because I thought am I crazy Kayla I thought that you did play like a teeny bit of it or no maybe that was Monty yeah
1: Monty and Andrew are the ones who tried it Okay. I thought about it and Andrew was like you're not going to like it and I said okay and I bought (laughs) Persona 5
0: royal instead Yeah, (laughs) which I have a
1: complicated relationship with that
2: game yeah I still need to finish it (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I like Persona 5, too. Also a complicated relationship with it. But I do love that game. Uh, The next game was Bravely Default 2, which I started and put like a couple hours into it, but um, did not progress much further after that. I really liked it from what I played, though. The art's beautiful. Um, It looks like Janet and Jarrett, you guys both played that one. How'd you like it?
3: I didn't play a lot of it. I'm thinking about it. I think I'm in Chapter 2. I haven't played it since February, so I'm trying to remember, like, where I even was.
4: I'm also, um, like, not that far in, <laughs> but I, I have uh, more to say uh, on it. Um, what was your, I guess, initial read on it, though, having, you know, dipped in for a few hours?
3: I had played <clears throat> the original Bravely Default. I didn't play Bravely Second, but, you know, I kind of went in knowing that this was a game attempting to be, you know, an old-school JRPG experience, and it's definitely that. I just... I don't think I took it as, I was hoping it was not going to be as literal as it actually is. It's kind of like if you played a Super Nintendo JRPG, it's one of those uh, with all of the strengths and weaknesses of that. Um, I think in February I realized I just didn't really have the spare 60 hours to finish this, so I just didn't continue. I'm not sure whether I'm going to find that spare 60 hours or not. Um, yeah. but I did enjoy, you know, the 10 or 15. I did put it.
4: Yeah. I don't know where I'm going to find the hours either, but I really want to, cause, uh, I adored this game a lot. Uh, I do think, you know, your reads super accurate because the people I know who, you know, really know JRPGs are like, I mean, it's good, but like, this is just kind of a, like a basic JRPG. And I'm like, oh no, it's like fantastic. And the reason I think I loved it so much is cause I don't historically really play JRPGs. Um, a lot of times I find them like overly complex or the writing's kind of cringy or there's just something that And then there's always so long that it's kind of a a little bit of a polarizing genre to get into for me personally. Um, But I really love this, I think because it was so straightforward. I'm like, okay, I've played like, you know, I've played Final Fantasy VII Remake. I've played Pokemon games. Like it kind of has a lot of like those basic tenets. Um, I love the the simplicity of like the Brave and Default system where, you know, if you're uh, doing Brave, you can string four actions in one turn, but that costs you BP. And then if you default, you're banking your action in exchange for BP. So you're kind of have like this push and pull within um the combat itself you know again the art is very charming it kind of looks like you're playing with like in-game versions of like those little nenroid figures <laughs> which are like the yeah. slightly bougier pops <laughs> which maybe some people <laughs> would think that is like ew, like uh you know not appealing but i think those figures look super cute so i'm like this is great um and you can have like little different outfits based on your jobs and your jobs will give you like different specs and stuff um and i think just generally i really appreciate all of the, like, small but really convenient design choices in the game. Like, something as simple as when you do an attack, and if it knocks out the enemy you're attacking, that attack continues on to the next enemy. I'm like, thank God! (laughs) There's so many games that don't do stuff like that. And for me, like, at every turn, I kept noticing those little, like, quality of life things that really helped, especially with a game that is, you know, so long, where little annoyances really start to wear on you when you're, like, 5-10 hours in. So for me, it's just like, yeah, I have... No real complaints here. I mean, I think its biggest fault is probably just being a little bit run-of-the-mill um, and safe with probably certain things, if you're familiar with the genre. But I would say if you historically have not liked most JRPGs, uh, this is still one to check out because uh, that's that's the boat I was in, and I really love this game. Uh, and so did everyone in my apartment as well. I'm kind of salty because... Uh, my boyfriend and uh, my brother's fiance had each played the game on my recommendation. They beat the game and I like still haven't finished it. And I'm like, I'm. it's again, you know, you don't always have the time to dig in all the way. But hopefully I get back to it.
0: Yeah, it's one that I want to get back to. Also, I think I just kind of ran out of time and I was like, mm, like I put a few hours into it. I was enjoying it. It very much feels like old school JRPG plus um, because it does have those quality of life changes. I really love like on top of the characters just like how illustrated the backgrounds are it's kind of almost storybookish it's really pretty um and then the combat is st- like very fun and strategic it, but it has like like one of my favorite like little tropes from old school jrpgs is, is like the the crystals right like it's always oh you have to find the four elemental crystals and restore harmony to it's so like as soon as i saw that like start to unfold i was like oh perfect yeah, love this shit it
3: was every square rpg before the year 2000 It truly
0: was. It truly was. It was so good. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I want to get back to that one for sure. It's it's a very good game. If you, like, and it's cool hearing you talk about it, Janet, as somebody who's not super into JRPGs. Because, like, to me, when I played it, I was like, oh, yeah, people who love JRPGs are going to love this. Because it's so, it's so that. So it's interesting to hear you as somebody who's not into them be like, oh, yeah, I loved it, too. But... Yeah, um, I think the next one then is Little Nightmares 2, which Janet looks like you played that one. What were your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I can, you know, just go touch on this one quickly. Um, Little Nightmares 2 it's just more Little Nightmares if you played the first one. (laughs) Uh, It functions pretty similarly, but you do have a companion character with you and you can hold hands with that character. So already, you know, game of the year, <laughs> but summertime. yeah, exactly. Um, But, but in all honesty, um, I, I just think it really improved on what the first one did. It also allows for like more areas uh, without giving like, I guess, the story away, even though the story is always super vague and they're like, see, it's, it's good because you don't know what we're talking about. And I'm like, is it? I don't know. But that's, you know, always up for debate. But I, I like the diversity in the areas versus the first one you were kind of like isolated in one space. Um, This one definitely... At a quick glance, it has sort of the, um, in a way, like, the level and world structure of, like, something like Inside, where you're sort of going through these different areas in this overarching, like, experience. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really good. It has a lot of um, fantastic enemy design, too, which the first game also had. But uh, even if you just look at, like, a trailer or, like, you know, the PR, like, screenshots from this, they have, like really horrific monsters and they do great sound design in this game too which i think you know sound design is huge for any um thing that's vague even even remotely horror so um if you're if you're into like puzzle games essentially or like in open to a little bit of like spookiness because it's not exactly like intense horror but it is a little scary at times uh this is definitely one to pick up if you're into like I guess it'd be puzzle platformer, technically, because you can jump, but you're not exactly going to be doing, like, precise, intense movement. Uh, it's a little bit more adventure than that. But I really enjoyed my time with it. You can also pick up little hats in the game and wear the hats, like, put a little bag on your head or a bucket. Like, it's just it's super cute. Super cute and creepy.
0: Yeah, it always kind of reminded me of, like, storybook limbo. Kind of, I don't know, yeah. those vibes. That's a great descriptor. That's it's. It looks cute. I should try them out sometime. Um... It looks like March was a little bit uh, busier for all of us. We've got quite a few that almost all of us played. Um, so first, I will let I'm going to let Ty take us away on this next one because I know Ty has very strong feelings, and I I have strong feelings about it being released on Switch here soon um, because I was waiting for it to come to Switch before I played it. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about Loop Hero.
1: Loop Hero! Um, I don't really know how to describe Loop Hero. It's a very weird game. Um, You play as the titular hero, and you do, in fact, walk in a loop uh, around. It's like a little, like, cobblestone path in the middle of, like, the fucking void. Like, everything is just black around it. Um, And so your character just kind of walks, and as you defeat uh, enemies, uh, it's all, like, on auto Like, the battles and the walking are all on auto. You don't have any, um, like, control over that stuff. Um, But as you defeat enemies, you pick up different equipment that you can put on your character. And then you also get different, like, cards that you can put onto the world to make different things appear. Um, So you can have, like, you know, a town and walking into the town will give you extra health. Um, or you can put down a spider grove and then, like, every, you know, either day or loop, I don't remember what it is, like, a certain amount of spiders will spawn. Um, and you have to just, like, keep basically fucking with the fabric of the area around the loop until it triggers, uh, a boss to show up, essentially. Um, and there are four different bosses that you have to, uh, beat the shit out of. So, <laughs> that's, that's loop Hero. um... It's fun. Uh, There's a lot of numbers and stats stuff that, like, I don't really understand about it, but I have a fun time just kind of booping
2: around with it. What, What number and stat stuff do you not understand?
1: I don't... There's, like, stuff within the, um, like... So I'm in the loop here at Discord, and the people in there are on another level they're like feral for the game yes they just like they know all of the like rng spread they like know exactly which tiles to put where like it is absolutely fucking bananas um so that's (laughs) the stuff i don't really understand yeah i love
2: i love
3: some of them like some of these heroes like the necromancer specifically has some stats that are just, like, they just kind of say things, and you don't really know what they mean. Like, what is what is the summon quality? What's the skeleton's power? Like, you don't know until you do it, or until someone, you get into a Discord or whatever, or other Reddit, and they just tell you yeah. what it means.
1: Like, when I was first playing it on stream, Glenn was like, Ty, what are you doing? Because I was just, like, putting stuff places, and I was like, I don't know, I'm just putting stuff places. <laughs> and Glenn was like, no, like, if you put... The mountains next to each other, you get more health, and then it makes a big mountain, and you get like treasure, but also harpies come out of it. And then if you put the little meadow tiles next to like either rocks or like other resource tiles, then you also get more from them. And I was like, oh, and like there's a ton of shit like that, and like different combinations of different tiles will just like do weird things. So, past a certain point, like I've just been kind of messing around with like.
2: What happens when I do this?
1: Um, And it's fun.
2: I think one gripe that I do have with this game, which is, I feel like it's part of the reason Ty thought that I wouldn't like this game, is that there's so much going on. And I I don't believe this is a game that you could just go in blind for hours and keep playing and figuring it out. I mean, maybe you can, and that's like your style. But like, for me at least, like this was a game that I had to go and like Google what am I doing? What's the best way to go about this? Like, what does this mean? Because, like, there's so many secrets of, like, putting things next to each other to get, like, better perks. And it's, like, it changes the way you play it. It makes it so much easier and better to play. And, like, I wouldn't... My dumbass would never be able to just figure that shit out on my own. I'd be there for hours and just get frustrated. Um, but... Or you
3: probably would, but it would... It turned to a would be a 30-hour process into like a four-hour process yeah exactly yeah.
1: and that's kind of the fun thing about it though is there's that like you know when andrew and i were like excitedly texting you about it like that was fun and having glenn like tell me stuff on stream was fun and even like reading all this wild shit in the loop Hero discord that i only understand like maybe half of i'm like this is neat I like this. I like that it's <laughs> like a community experience because the game itself is very lonely in a lot of ways.
3: Yeah, it is interesting how like the communal sort of conversation that went on for like a good month was just like burning hot for like a month after this game launch was part of the game almost. People right. finding people finding the most efficient ways to like, you know, build these towers so that you're, you have archer guys next to your base, and then start building things around the base so that you know that when the boss want, like spawns on your base, you have the archers to help out. Um, getting rivers, like I think part of the part of the issue I have with the game is like you're playing a different game after you get certain things, and if you don't know that those things are important, like you might be veering off into one direction because you just want to buy stuff because you think it's cool, but like in reality, if you get to like if you if you have like a critical path through a particular sort of tile early, then it's going to change the the next, you know, 10 hours of your gameplay like way differently. You're going to have a better experience than not doing it doing it the hard way. You don't know that until you've probably done it the hard way, I feel like. Uh which is which kind of feels bad, but it's also, you know, you'll get there eventually, right? This is one of those games where everything is cumulative. You don't lose any progress necessarily. It's just a, a slow grind forward, but never backwards. And, like, it's... it's Not to make it the Dark Souls of Idle games, but, in a way, failure is a lesson. Like, when... But the, I guess the problem I had early on is, like, I would spend an entire time going through the loop, getting to the boss, and then failing hard and not knowing how the difficulty spiked so difficult. Like, what happened yeah. between the minute I started and, and this right now where I'm just getting annihilated? Um... That didn't stop me from, you know, putting 200 hours in this game or something, but...
1: Yeah, the nice thing, too, is, like, at least you get to keep some of what you collect, usually, if you die. Because there's, like, a thing where, like, if you make it through a loop and get close enough to your camp, you can um, choose to end it and then, like, keep everything that you gathered. Or if you happen to die, like, somewhere else, then I think you get, like, 50% or something. I don't know. I think it
3: depends on... um... I think you can get a bonus or, like, build a thing where you, um, you get to keep more. more,
1: Or you get to, like, drop shit off every time you loop through a town or something. Um, yeah. But, so, like, at least in that way, it doesn't feel as punishing if you do die. Because, like, on top of hopefully having, like, actually learned something, like, you are still gonna be able to bring back, like, some shit to your base. Um. Which is nice.
3: Yeah, some of the secrets are very funny. Like, when you put vampire mansions next to like towns and this everybody dies in the town. And they're all zombies <laughs> and they're like, oh oops.
0: <laughs> yeah, Loop Hero is one that I'm really excited to to try out. It's I, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about it. Like I it looks really fun, but also I don't necessarily have like the big brain trial and error thing. So so we'll see. Um the next one is gonna be Pokemon Snap. So yeah, I, uh, I played this one a little bit. I didn't throw my name down next to it because I, di- I don't I didn't beat it. Um, I've done like, I don't know, three different. What would you call them, Like safaris or something like that. Um, courses, Yeah, courses. There we go. I did like three or four of them just kind of casually, I think on Andrew's account. <laughs> um, but I it's really it's a really cute game. Um, it looks like Kayla, Janet, Ty, you all played it. Do you want to talk about it?
1: I lost my fucking mind playing yeah, this you game. truly did <laughs> i like i don't know what it is there's like usually the pokemon games lately have just made me fucking feral like i lost my mind playing sword and shield and then i started this and um andrew and i downloaded it like the night it came out and by like the next day i already had like two million points or something because I was just, like, going apeshit on the courses, um, because I loved them. I don't know, I just, like, I didn't play the original Pokemon Snap, so I had nothing to compare it to, so I was just like, oh, this is something I can just get, like, super high and just, like, enjoy (laughs) in my bed, and just, like, completely vibe to, and then also still have, like, some of my gamer brain scratched in that, like, you know, you're getting a score or whatever, and you're, like, trying to hunt down a... Every Pokemon for your photo decks or whatever. Um, also, the Pokemon are cute, and I like to
4: look at them. The Pokemon <laughs> are very cute, and I, I I've been appreciating how uh, Pokemon has gone and decided to pick like pseudo mascots for like each of their games that are different than like just like Pikachu which you know Pikachu is still very much the mascot but like uh Pokemon Sword and Shield it was like all about Wooloo and this one like had a heavy emphasis on Bidoof and then there was even like Bidoof Day and stuff like I don't know um putting little glasses on them and a crown with the stickers and all that uh, super <laughs> cute I think so this game I had played the original as a kid uh, and, like, rebought it as an adult, and I'm like, such a cool, like, rail shooter, it isn't a shooter, like, yeah. And, like, I was so excited for this game, like, I went to GameStop and, like, was, you know, picked it up, and I got, like, whatever dumb pre-order bonus that came with the game and everything, and I played it, and I, I just... I could not get into it. I found it incredibly boring. Um, I, I get the the appeal of taking like the f- cute photos because like you know that's adorable and it's it gives some fun and there is challenge within it, but it's just such a slog at least at the beginning to even like get what their courses right. We just had this conversation like yeah. ten seconds ago. Yeah, courses, yeah, yeah. and then it's like you're running through the same one over and over again. And then like there are still that puzzle element, but I feel like it's not as intriguing as it was in the first one where it's like oh somebody has been eating these apples. I'm like I don't care. Okay, you're, you're, this is taken so. Long long to get through and I just yeah I just found it really really boring so I was kind of bummed because I'd been really looking forward to it but I'm like I don't know maybe it the game didn't do what I was expecting it to do maybe it was always like this and I just liked it because I was like five like I don't know but (laughs) like it it was a weird moment because I had been expecting to be like super into it and it just didn't really uh hit for me and I I feel like that was the divide in the community you either were like this is great cute Pokemon are awesome or you were like that's kind of boring and that that's kind of the two discourses that I think formed when this came out
2: Yeah, I think that I, I was kind of in both camps at first because I love Pokemon and I'm going to play any Pokemon game and I'm probably going to play it all the way to the finish, which is what I did with Pokemon Snap. And it was very cute and it was fun, but I did feel it was really slow. Um, I didn't like how repetitive it had to be. But at the same time, I started to kind of like, because I made sure that I got every single Pokemon in my, in my bag, in my, like, Pokedex or whatever. It, I don't think it's a Pokedex, whatever Photodex. it was called. The yeah, album? Like, Photodex. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what you yeah, mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I made sure to get all of them, and I think I started to appreciate it a little bit more, like, the further I went in, um, because I, there was just the the cool surprises of being able to, like, you know, you get to this third level, and then you throw in the the, like, apple a few times, and then you see this new pokemon come out and do something really cool and you get a cool picture and then i got sucked in because of the like repetitiveness of it i guess like i was annoyed by it at first but then i was like oh i have to keep i have to do this track like a hundred times because i'm missing things and i need to see all the different fun things that they're gonna do and then yeah i don't know i i i do agree that it's slow. also i think i don't know how long it takes but you do get to a certain point where you could like speed up the the like coaster, whatever it's called, which I thank God because I think for the first half of the game, you just have to go on like the slow pace and just having to do them over and over and over again is so taxing. But at the same time, I am a Pokemon completionist, so I had to finish it. Um, But I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I, I loved Taking all these pictures, I didn't think I was gonna like it as much as I did. Where like I was like posting pictures on Twitter, and I was like, "Look at this! Like, look at this cool shot that I got." As look if like my art. Yeah, as if like other people <laughs> weren't like taking the same pictures as me. I don't know. Um, no, I
1: love to show. P- I love posting my pictures. I was like, "Look at this feel." It's <laughs> there. Was
0: one day I was on Instagram, and literally so there was like twenty of your photos. I was like scrolling. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yep. Ty is truly gone I was like, is I was like this is
1: the only thing that Instagram is worth to me, is to look at these Pokemon.
0: <laughs> I will say, I think that I had, like, the definitive great experience with Snap, which was, um, Andrew playing and literally unlocking everything. <laughs> and, and doing the whole thing. And then, uh, the best night that I had with Pokemon Snap was after I'd had a few drinks. And I, like, a couple friends had been playing Mario Kart. And I just, like, walked back into the living room. And I sat down, and I'm like... I'm gonna play a couple Pokemon Snap courses. And I did that. And it was fantastic. That was like prime Pokemon Snap time. Because I think that honestly, I probably would have been of the same mind as Janet. And I probably would have found it kind of tedious and boring. But as like, just a like sit down and play a course thing and do like two of them and walk away. uh, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) So um, that's, that's my take on it. And speaking of takes this is the the dumb transition we're doing uh it takes two also came out in march and i (laughs) i have conflicting feelings about that game i really love it i can't think of a game that came out this year that i had like a better gameplay experience with it was so much fun the multiplayer is so good it's so clever um and i love that i mean when you in the first level you get like the hammer and nail right and like in my mind i was like oh cool this is like the tool we get for throughout the game or something and then you get to the next place and it's something entirely different um and so like the way that like with each level the the tools that you get completely change and you have to use them in new clever ways but it never feels overwhelming um gameplay wise like that game was like so 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 much fun the story is fucking a lot though <laughs> I don't know. What did did y'all think?
1: Kayla and I played it together, but we did not finish.
2: We should finish it. We should. I was having lots of fun. I I completely agree, Jessica. So we're going to get into this topic. And we already kind of touched on it a little bit with the medium. I really want to talk about it when we get to Boyfriend Dungeon towards the end. But this topic of like uncomfortable... um, dialogue in games and like situations um where this is one that was like not handled the right way at all like this is a situation well, so, of like yeah
1: there's, there's no like far... content warnings or
0: anything in it. how far did y'all get in the game because like last time i talked to you you guys did not get super far i think we're at uh... least a little past the halfway mark
2: right what's the uh where are you like at what, what like area we or
1: are going back into the house Ooh,
0: yeah you're so you, like you're, I at, think the, you're at the in very the beginning house.
2: yeah because we're at the part where you like get the powers where one of us can shrink and get big and then one of Ooh. us can walk on walls
0: oh no that's okay that's further away then you're like in the spacey area so you have you've done a bit then yes.
2: yeah
1: i was gonna say like we have we've gotten we've played several levels at this point
0: yeah did you get to to like the teddy bear part <laughs> no
1: not yet i think we're getting i think we're <laughs> about to do that i think we're like literally standing outside the area where that happens yeah
0: that's like the castle stuff i don't know and like i don't what did you think about it janet uh well
4: i mean i think as far as the whole story i didn't really have any um you know beefs as far as the content itself necessarily um i just hated the, the vaguely racist book that tells the story i'm like <laughs> yeah. what acts, and i looked into like I'm like, oh well, who's you know? And someone was like, oh, this it's Joseph Faraz,
0: isn't
4: it? I it either is or it's.
0: I think it's the same person that a- voice acts it's, the husband, isn't it? Yes, it's not Joseph okay. Faraz. It's the, it's the voice actor of the husband. Yeah. Okay. So clearly I he can speak we in a way that out, isn't we that. Like,
4: but yeah. yeah, it's very much um. You know, for those who may not have you know picked up on it when it came out, it's that like Latin lover trope of like, the, yeah, you know, the heavy accent talks like this. You know, it's like mm. and he has the fucking mustache. Yeah, he's got the mustache. It's it's like you know it's like am i being am i being a friend right now i played with my brother too we're both um, mexican slash puerto rican um so it's like mm. this is a a choice but kind of putting that aside for a second i think um the story is interesting and in that it's you know it's this divorced couple or soon to be divorced couple and the whole idea is oh we got to work together to like work on your relationship which is a, a little bit odd um and you're shrunk down from your this is kind of like a spell that basically happens where your kids like hoping you get together. It's like, like how you are the
1: kids, but in yes. reverse kind of.
4: Basically, like your the, the kid's sadness over, you know, y'all not being cool is kind of what put you into this like weird spell situation and you're trying to like get out of the situation. I do think um I was worried about where the story would go. Uh, without getting into spoilers, I'm okay with where it ended up being. Um I thought it was going to be more head ass than it ended up being and I do think at the very end um, there was a moment that was like truly moving and I was shocked because I was not into the story at all, um, but it kind of takes a turn away from the relationship aspect and turns more to the personal and I think th- that moment was very powerful, but then it kind of turns back mm-hmm. at the end so that's a, that's a little bit of a yeah. choice. But um, that element was cool as far as the game itself. Um, you know, fantastic platformer. Uh, it I love that it makes the mundane fantastical. And I like that it pulls in these different genres. So again, without, you know, mechanical spoilers, like there are moments where it's like, now we're in an arcade, you know, fighting style genre. Now we're giving a nod to like action RPGs. Now we're doing this. So I, I love that aspect of it. My biggest gripe outside of, you know, some of the story elements is it takes too long. That game is really, really freaking long for a co-op game, a co-op mandatory
0: that game. game is wildly long for what it like I there were so many points in which I'm like I have to almost be done right like I have to almost be done and like it just keeps going for so long it was truly wild I was not expecting that um like that game is like I don't know like probably 15 hours or so right like it's got it seemed like it went on for a long time
4: yeah, um, I had
0: to I did it in four hour
4: stream chunks, which granted I have to have some breaks. I'm talking to chat, and I think it took me and my brother at least like four or five streams to like get through the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a lot more than I thought it would be. Um the little co-op mini games too are like the fun, like the little competitive things you yeah. can do. Yes. Um but yeah, I don't know. Gameplay wise, like it was such a good time like I I really did love that game and like I don't for me it's not even so much like the content right as far as like oh that was so like grim or something but like it's like the once again just echoing Jan like the book felt extremely racist I was uncomfy playing I was like hmm this seems not right uh and just kind of like there kept like being this push for well if you have a marriage that's in trouble, just work it out. Yeah, that's what I
1: wanted to say, too, is, like, I also don't dislike the content, but the book and, like, his whole thing of, like, constantly pushing them to, like, try to fix it, I was like, they this better not be the moral because I'm not going to be having that.
0: And like, it is, but it isn't. Like like Janet said, it kind of like pivots and goes to some more interesting places, but then it, it feels like towards the end, it kind of like turns back and it wants you to think like, mm, I don't know, maybe they will be together again because now they have a newfound respect and love for each other because they worked on their problems. And I feel it's like, like the
4: cliffhanger of it, which it's not a full cliffhanger, but it's left a little bit ambiguous. Like if you want to read it as one way you can mm. and if you want to read it the other way you can, which I think serves to satisfy both camps but i think it's narratively cowardly to not take a stance on something that's so contentious i think in in any community well, just and like that's us something are so
1: clearly focused on talking about yes like, yeah
4: the game is like about
1: that like why are you not answering the question you're posing
0: yes yeah, no, I I completely agree with all of the feedback. Um kind of moving through March, breezing through the rest of it. Um I played Story of Seasons Pioneers of Olive Town. If you like Harvest Moon games, you will like this game. It feels like a Harvest Moon game um with I don't know, it's like Harvest Moon Plus. Um so, I don't know, if if you're into that stuff, the bachelors and bachelorettes are both adorable um you can be gay in that game which is like a huge step for the harvest moon series um and i don't know i had a really good time with it i put a lot of hours into it and and enjoyed all of it um jared it looks like you played some monster hunter rise what would you think of that one
3: um it was a very deep game about uh relationships and uh just trying to make it in a hard harsh environment Uh, Yeah, It was not any of those. It was Monster Hunter. Uh, If you've ever played a single Monster Hunter, you know a little bit about these. Um, There are clearly differences. Rise is made for a smaller console that's supposed to be sort of more portable, so they kind of adapted the way you get into quests and kind of like the quality of life stuff to make that feel a little better. Um, I think if Monster Hunter as a series has done anything, you know, admirable, is that like every game, every follow-up feels better. Than the one before it, someone is learning lessons between these releases and knows how to fix the things that were broken in the first one uh, or the one their one prior. If you're, you know, into the end game and into like the kind of meta stuff, this one might disappoint you because the end game is not very, you know, not much uh, with their depth there. But uh, writing Palamutes is pretty cool.
0: It's very cute. I I watched like streams and I was like, oh. That's that's I, I can't let that sell me on this game because I should not buy no, that's it. And not I know enough. I'm not going to play you're like, it. I get the but right dog cute. so I should
3: buy this game. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, uh-uh. But yeah, I think if you had any if you had any fun with world, um, I world. I, I feel like you'll definitely get some of that experience here.
0: Do you think because I know that world was like very beloved when it came out last year. Do you think it's better than world overall?
3: Mm. No, I think they're, I think me, a person who's played like every one of these games since you know 2001 or whatever, I know they're very different, um, just at mm. moment to moment. But I think if World was your first Monster Hunter and you enjoyed it, you would definitely enjoy this one too. Um, they they do the same things as far as the actual you know hunting of the monster stuff, but it's a little more. Uh, interactive it's more than just like swinging a weapon at this at the monster there are way more ways to get involved in lowering it and tracking it and there's way more uh stuff you can do to it that isn't just you know hit it in the right place um, lots more in like environmental interaction less mm-hmm. of making sure you're prepared with the right potions before you go into a fight and more finding the stuff to make you debuff you and uh to, to give you your bonuses while on the map uh which encourages you exploring the map more than just running to the right area and fighting the guy. I think uh the the actual hunting experience is a little different and if you really didn't want to get into like a lot of the prep work that world delivered uh or sort of asked of you, especially at the at the uh, later ends, you'll find you you have to do way fewer uh you know looking up of recipes and and way less preparation on the way in here you have to do a little bit more running around and grabbing stuff to be prepared while you're on the map but um i find that to be a more interesting thing to do for a person who isn't into just like making sure their farm is uh top notch every at the end of every mission making sure they're making potions like if that's if playing around in menus and spreadsheets isn't your thing i think and, and that was like a a turn off for world that is not the case in rise so knowing what you didn't like about world will determine what you like about rise I think
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of a cool pivot um right you know focusing on like I guess survival rather than preparation that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool um and then last but not least in March we had maquette which um Janet you played that how'd you like it yeah I really
4: like this one I think most people will or have forgotten about it or maybe didn't really uh have it on their radar to begin with, but it's a uh, really cool story-driven puzzle game. Uh, It's developed by Graceful Decay and published by Annapurna. So um, it's all about kind of looking at uh, this relationship. So a lot of relationship games in the early start of the year, but looking at this romantic relationship and you're sort of getting this narration of how this relationship came to be while you're like solving these puzzles uh, and then kind of going through the progression of how that relationship goes. And sometimes there are also these cool little nods where the puzzle or the mechanic is sort of speaking to or echoing the narration. So something like things that used to be uh, simple were complicated and then you're doing something that's, you know, simple, but now complicated because maybe you're like really shrunk down the world or something. Uh, You're sort of uh, engaging with these different dioramas where there's like the, the dioramas are kind of like nesting dolls. So you're walking around a space where you can see like the whole world very small and outside is like that same world regular size um and you're playing with perspective a lot as far as the mechanics so if you played Superliminal or are familiar with super liminal, it kind of has that same idea uh with a little bit like less craziness and goofiness to it because that game gets super hard in some of its puzzle solutions uh this one's a little bit easier from a puzzle standpoint but uh if you're into puzzle games and or into narrative games i think this is a very solid blend of the two that you should check out Mm,
3: did it also have like celebrity voice acting yeah i think
4: it had some star power to it i don't remember offhand who the voice actors are i think it had uh let's see bryce dallas howard and seth gable i think oh no wait yeah i think so i'm like i literally just googled it now so i'm looking at the names um okay yeah but yeah i think they had like definitely i think seasoned people doing the voice acting no one that i like recognize from anything but it's because i'm horrible with like names and and that kind of recognition
0: (laughs) It's cool though seeing, like, I don't know, these bigger voice actors, or not voice actors, but I guess, like, actors and actresses, like, come in and do more of these, like, indie artsy titles, because, I mean, like, I know Open Roads, um, that also has, like, some pretty big actors in it. 12 Minutes is, like, who, it's, like, uh, (laughs) yeah, say that, that game is, like, stacked with voice actors, so it's cool seeing, like, people come in and kind of do these, these little, uh, indie artsy titles, so that's pretty cool. Um, and that does it for March. Um, next up is April. So Outriders was kind of the uh, the first big game to come out. Then I never played that one. It was I feel like it got very mixed reviews. Uh, Janet and Jarrett, you both played it. What did you think? Basic uh, but fun.
3: Out- <laughs> yeah, Outriders is one of those games where like definitely because we were still locked in the house in April, it got way more attention. Then it probably would have ever gotten otherwise, because this is definitely me... just a normal fucking game,
0: <laughs> yeah, it gave me big like days gone vibes where like not not like at all because of the content of it, but like in the way that it was perceived, I think I don't maybe. know does that like I, think, I feel I
3: think days gone had then you know a year later or so got another look where people were like, "I don't know, maybe days gone was better than we thought, question mark or well, I don't think Outriders is ever going to have that moment. I think Outriders is mm. um, it is des- it's the Destiny formula, but not as good. Um,
2: yeah,
3: and there's really no redeeming anything else in it. <laughs> like, it's not like the story is like just waiting for the moment to like put it all together and make it great. Um, it's just a colonizer story. Uh, that's it. It has a long plot long. twist where there are other colonizers actually. Um, <laughs> so it's colonizers being upset at. The other colonizers for being there first. Damn, Uh, I
4: didn't know Greedfall had multiplayer. (laughs) Yikes his nesting dolls oh. colonization but for for me I didn't spend like you know too much time with it I think I only did like that one four hour session uh, and I played by myself which is not ideal because it's a like shooter where you should have other people um, obviously it scales based on if you're alone but it, I still found that kind of a little bit more difficult but um, and this is outside my wheelhouse because I don't do any shooter stuff but this I just played this because I'm like I'm trying to try all the whatever's new and, and hot in the streets I want to check it out and, and get an opinion on it and the thing that I did enjoy about it um, is just like the different classes that you have so like i played as a pyromancer Mm -hmm. and i had like fire abilities and it has i'm i'm a sucker for like abilities in games that combine with gunplay like that's something i like really loved in control and and a bunch of other games so um i like that element of it just because i can just blaze through a bunch of enemies but yeah the the story is very subpar it is like the writing is hand-fisted action movie style writing but it's like okay i'm just here to take cover and shoot and learn how to string together these, like, combinations. Uh, I think it also does push you a little bit more on the offensive side, which, even though I'm not a shooter person, because I have fear and I cannot aim, I often, like, it's very easy for me to default to, like, let me just hide a bunch and wait for like this perfect moment uh, to attack. And I think this kind of helps get me out of that like comfort zone that I tend to lean on uh, when I'm in those moments. So that's what I enjoyed about it. But I definitely think it's not a must play, but I think it's like a solid experience, especially if you're looking for a game to just run through with your friends uh, and you're open to this kind of genre or seeing that gameplay appeals to you. Then I think, you know, it's a decent time.
3: I think in a party with, with friends is how you should play this game. I played about I half agree. of it with with friends, and I think I finished it by myself. Um, but the the combination of the the shooting and the and sort of the ability stuff does make for good gameplay. Like you will have fun if if you and two friends are playing this game together, just kind of shooting whatever's in front of you. Uh, if you're if you're here looking for anything outside of that, you're, you've come yeah, to the wrong it,
4: place. It's play. like kind of good, but ultimately forgiv- forgettable. I would say.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's. That's more or less what I kind of heard. So, yeah. I feel like uh, looter shooters kind of, like, fall into the same place as MMOs, weirdly enough, to where, like, I feel like people who like that genre have, like, one that they really love, and that's kind of the one they go back to. Um, So, and it seemed like Outriders didn't really shift that around and, like, knock anything out of place for anybody. um, Yeah, I don't know anyone
3: who is still playing Outriders. We'll say that. Yeah, exactly. they all went back to where they came from
0: yeah exactly <laughs> uh the next one that we had was Oddworld world soul storm um and janet it looks like you played that one yeah
4: um this is another one i always played for like i think this one two hours because uh if everyone's wondering why do i always have these very specific time increments uh every friday i'm playing like a game from 2021 and i either play one game for four hours or two games for two hours yeah that- I'm not into this one. Uh, I was, I'm new to the franchise. So that, that is take it with a grain of salt, but it just wasn't really that good or that notable. Um, hearing other people Mm. from the community talk about it, I think, um, for those who have a nostalgia for that franchise and an interest in the characters and that world, um, it could be worth checking out, but, uh, I wasn't really into this. And a lot of people that were coming into this as a newcomer, at least in my chat, were kind of like, uh, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, that great. So, uh, I didn't really have that good of a time with it, I would say.
0: Yeah, I feel like Andrew had played the other ones, and um, I watched him play Soulstorm a little bit. And, like, it wasn't anything that I was like, ooh, I should try this. It looked very, like, meh. Is Soulstorm a
3: new game? Is it a new... Is it a sequel or a a remake of of the first? I don't remember.
0: I think it's a new game. That's what I... Yeah. Um, But yeah i uh i watched that one play it it didn't really seem like my cup of tea i'm also like a baby about like th- the characters kind of freak me out <laughs> they're they're a little like and just like the movement of them oh, too that was, that so i was, was like very nuts, yeah. scary <laughs> Yeah, they're very they scary. They all kind so of wasn't... look
1: like Gollum from the Lord of the Rings movies. Like, yeah. it's not good. Their mouths are sewn it. shut.
0: There's also a really
4: big gap in this game between, like, the cutscenes and then the gameplay. Like, the cutscenes are, like, really yeah. pretty. And then the gameplay, like, looks very... Um, I think the thing is, it's like it's a very old-school feel. So I think yeah. that's kind of a little bit dull in, in 2021. Uh, but for other people, it might be like, oh, no, this is just what I remembered it to be. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe that was better left then than it, than it is picked up now. So <laughs>
0: uh, speaking of things that, well, I was going to say aren't creepy, but I guess there's still ghosts in it. But for the most part, it is cozy, uh, cozy grove. Um, I think we. OK, so everybody but Jarrett played a little bit of it. What would you all think of cozy grove?
2: I liked
1: I it. I didn't. I, I didn't either. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: I liked it, I think, um, but at the same time, I'm not still playing it, and I think that's the, the mm-hmm. purpose of the game, is to, it was, like, an Animal Crossing that you would still get. back to. I don't like the to. mobile
1: game timing. Like, it yeah. is absolutely 100% mobile game timing, which is mm-hmm. just, like, not something that I want, especially in a game, like, that's supposed to be Animal Crossing or, like, um, Graveyard keeper E. like... I want to be able to do shit yeah. in that world. like, And I don't like being forced to like dip out and then have to come back on its schedule. Like, no, fuck that. Especially
4: because right. outside of the Switch release, you can't really do any... Like, changing the clock on an Xbox is, like, a nightmare. Because <laughs> you have to, like... Hit, you, I think you can only do it through time zones. Like, I was trying to look at how to time travel, which I know is, like, not the ethos of the game, but it's also... Like, they give you so little, I think, to do because it is very, like... You know, I guess to you know reel it back in um with what this game is like you are um at this sort of i don't know if you call it a campsite you're on an island and you're trying to like Mm -hmm. do these tasks for these um, spirits to kind of help them like get resolution. To uh, anyone jump in if I'm not, I'm off base on that, but I think that's kind of the con- the conceit overall. Oh, no, yeah, you're spot on. And yeah. uh, over time with like doing these different uh, tasks like the island sort of changes shape or new spirits appear and like new um, kind of pillars of gameplay emerge and I think that aspect's really cool and the art design is gorgeous and I like um, some little details they have in like you can have these little pets, and you can like feed them food that you cook and I think that stuff's really cool and I really Want to like this game but i i think um sorry i believe it was like ty who had mentioned um the like the timing of it it really wants you to oh we're about like just play for 30 minutes and like keep it chill and like you don't need to be spending i don't want you spending eight hours on this game i'm like but i want to spend eight hours on the game and also i'm the game yeah, critic also, so i'm gonna play that way and like that's how yeah also
1: it's more of a chore for me to like be told yeah my schedule with a game has to be than for me to get to decide that for absolutely
4: myself. i feel like it's it's when games i don't mind that ethos but i think when it's too heavily weaved into the gameplay it removes the player autonomy that's needed to really enjoy and dig into a game like that so i think that's kind of my biggest gripe like it just took so long for and then also i think the tasks like i just didn't enjoy doing them which i'm trying to still parse this out as someone that's a little bit newer to sims and i I got into like animal crossing um you know, this was my first ammo Crossing game with New Horizons, but something about like what you had to do—it's like, oh, pick up, find, you know, three sticks, it's- and then bring them back. And I'm like, I, I just—it's not. It didn't. It didn't do it for me. Um, well, yeah. it's
1: annoying because some of the tasks are tied to the timing and like, yes. the changing over of the day. Like you can have a task that's like, go find, like I don't know, like this like watch or whatever for one of the characters and it'll be you know by the x landmark and you're like okay cool so you can go over and be in exactly the right fucking place but if the game
4: doesn't want you to find it yet you can't yep. find it and it's like why do i have this then like oh no one's selling eggs today well someone better sell these eggs because i'm trying to bake this cake <laughs> yeah i'm trying to fucking turn
2: in this quest let's go uh sorry <laughs> it's a cute game it is a cute game. I, I totally see what y'all are saying. And like, I think I I think for people like us and the way that we play games, I I see why like we wouldn't like it. Right. But I think for the person who is the type of like mobile gamer or, you know, likes to do check ins and stuff like that, I think this is a really like I, I did enjoy that aspect of the game. Like when I was reviewing it and when I was playing it, I was at the beach. So it was like kind of like. It was it was a good moment for me to, like, wake up and then, like, go outside on the balcony and play my little tasks for the day and then put it away and come back to it the next day. But again, I'm not playing it anymore. So I'm not, like, reaping any other benefits of this game or, like, what, like, content has come out. Like, I'm not even sure. I'm sure they did put out, like, new things. And, like, I don't know because I'm not playing it anymore because it's lost. Like, I, it's lost its, like. I don't, I don't know it's the like way a that I want to yeah. yeah, yeah, for me. Um but yeah, I think for for us gamers and like especially the, like when we're like playing games all the time and we have to do it for like work and stuff, this is not a a game that we want to dig into because, you know, we we don't have time. We don't have time for that. Um but I think for the average player and for people who really like those checking games, it's it really fun. It was cute
4: and yeah i do like the evolution sure. of, um, of the gameplay within it and i guess one thing that bummed me out about the slower pacing is it it took me longer to see like what there was to appreciate in the game like because it was kind of slowly rolled out but uh yeah that one's mm-hmm. definitely like a i've mm-hmm. definitely known people that have enjoyed cozy grove a lot
0: yeah, I share Kayla's sentiments. Like basically, exactly, we're like, I enjoy, it's like it's a cute game, right? Like so, I feel like you you gravitate towards liking it. Um, it's very, it has that cutesy, cozy feel. Um, but it is kind of limiting and frustrating, and so like I I totally get all of that criticism, all very very valid. Uh, next game on our list is Returnal, which I did not play that one. Um. I was very close to caving and buying it once people started talking about it, because I was like, ooh, that sounds maybe interesting, but also, like, it would maybe kick my ass. You um, don't like it. It's too hard. <laughs> you don't think so. It's too hard for me. No.
1: It's not even that it's too hard. It's just, like, kind of boring.
0: Okay.
1: Like, I um, just, like, don't, there's, I guess we're just getting into it. It's not. Yeah. There is a narrative, and I know that, but, like, the way that it's structured, it's just, like, boring.
3: We have to do this we have to stop doing this thing where we have like where Miyazaki made a narrative choice where he broke his narrative up into pieces and you got it in pieces and he created this like sort of extra extra game inter communal sort of concept where we all gotta put the story together in wikis and stuff. And then from then on people just stop writing stories linearly and this thought that if you break it up and you have to think about it, that means it's good. Stop doing no. that. Maybe it's not. Maybe just write no. a beginning, middle, and end, and it's fine. And let us experience it in the beginning, middle, and end, and it'll be fine. It'll be great if you do that. Returnal's biggest problem is it doesn't do that. And when you beat the game, you get to a point where you realize this game might be about what I thought it was. But I have to play this game again now, throughout the, like, all the way through to get the other ending where I find out where maybe it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. But the story I got, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm reading now at the end of playing this game through, from beginning to end twice, which were probably three-hour runs both, but then, you know, 20 hours going back and forth, getting killed and having to restart again, was that this is only slightly different than what I thought it was. And <laughs> then you feel like an idiot for spending all that time doing it. Thank you for doing the work so
4: that we don't have to
3: <laughs> So
1: Braver than the troops. Thank you for your service. And
3: listen, this is a game I like playing. I think, I think Returnal is... It has a that Ratchet and Clank sort of running gun third person shooter thing that people actually do like, um, because if Returnal good.
1: had the fun guns that Ratchet and Clank has, right. I probably <laughs> yeah. would like it significantly more.
3: Yeah, the difference is you can't plant trees that will then turn other things into trees. Uh, in Returnal. yeah, or That's have like happening. little
1: little mushrooms that throw energy balls at people. Like um,
3: these are just normal ass guns, really. Um, but. You know, I find I found its mood and its sort of a vibe to be something I'm more you know personally into than Ratchet, which I did play and also enjoyed. Um, but I, I find that those games, especially since I played one right after the other, those games feel a whole lot similar, more similar than I thought they would. And I think I like them for the same reasons, gameplay-wise. Uh, it's just it's very it's very difficult to get outside of aesthetic much else from returnal Mm -hmm. because it's just so it's written so obtusely and it kind of wants to be impenetrable but like that means that no one's going to spend the time attempting to penetrate it so like what are you doing like maybe not everything has to be you know highfalutin
0: yeah there's a trend i feel like definitely where like some things just feel vague for being vague's sake um yeah, and I and I didn't play that game, but I could totally get the vibe of how that could be a thing.
1: Well, and especially if you're going to do the whole, like, Groundhog Day, like, time loop thing, like, you have to have that be interesting off the bat. You know what I mean? Like, so many things have done that. Like, that's why Russian Doll was interesting. Um, and Returnal is not interesting in that way. It's just like, hey, ooh, you're a lady in a spaceship. Ooh, you crashed! Now you're you're doing a time loop. Ooh, and like that's the whole front of the game because you don't get very much more story until you do the first boss, which I have reached and then got absolutely fucking shit house wrecked. Same, uh, but I liked going
4: in that one house. So I just feel like well, since it's a roguelike <laughs> and it's a a difficult game and it's a difficult game that's a sh- that's mainly a shooter, I'm like I don't think I can get what it takes to see through yeah. this.
3: right? But I'll I, I, I try again, getting, but we'll see. Getting the next narrative beat is like, the only way to get that is to get to the next boss. And if this game was so difficult, you couldn't get through the first one. You're not going to get the rest of the story. Um The story, and I wouldn't say every boss is harder necessarily, I think, but especially the last boss is actually way easier than, by the time you get there, you're like, you've done way worse. Uh But it's it's, I don't know. I think for a game that is hiding something from you in plain sight, right? It's telling it's trying to tease you through this because you want to know why this is a time loop. And then there's a point in the middle of this game where like you think maybe you broke the time loop, but nope, it's just a bigger loop than you thought. Um that like these are all interesting things, but it takes so much effort to get to the next point that I you could put this game like putting this game down and just being like, it's not worth it is like a 100% of valid and legitimate thing that I I would never like me I'm I'm stubborn and frustrating so like I'm going to do this whether it kills me and I did but you don't you shouldn't do that be better than me <laughs>
0: Yeah, that one, Um, it seemed like a tough one. I ultimately am like, I'm trying to get better about like not caving into hype when I see like the screenshots on Twitter. It's like that. I'm like, I know I'm not going to like it that much. I need to. And then I buy Final Fantasy 14. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Near Replicant Remaster also came out this month or not this, but April. Um, I haven't played that one yet, but I have heard pretty much unanimously people have really liked it. Um, that's one that I'm very excited to, to go back and play. Hopefully I do that before the end of the year. Um, we also had a couple other smaller games, uh, before your eyes, Janet, how'd you like that one?
4: Yeah, it's, this is fantastic. I feel like this is the, at least for me, one of the hidden gems of the year, because I often don't see it on lists and a lot of people don't even know what it is. So I'll kind of explain briefly what the game entails. Uh, I will say the old, my only gripe of the game is there's no content warnings. You know, again, another theme of, of this episode. Uh, it does deal with death and illness and, like, childhood, basically, you know, without getting too into spoilers. So I, I do think because it's first person and it's a very, like, personal setup, uh, that might be a lot for some people. Like, I know for me, I felt very, like, overwhelmed at a certain point. Uh, not in a bad way. You know, I think art is allowed to make you feel things, but I also think you should as much as possible, get to opt into having feelings about topics that maybe you do or don't want to have feelings about. So essentially, the setup is you uh, are dead and you're on like a boat going to the afterlife. And in order to like, you know, get to the afterlife, you have to go over your life story and tell it to this like cat person, man or whoever. And the whole game is it's PC game. It is played with uh, blinking, like you play it with a webcam. There is a way to play it without a webcam that I didn't look into as much, but uh, that's what pretty much all that you control. Sometimes you use your mouse to like look at a certain direction or something, but that's basically it. And uh, you're going over your life story. And what's awesome about this and super powerful and interesting is that and it's written really well, uh, is that like there will be moments where, OK, once you blink, you're going to jump to like another part of your life and maybe you'll want to stay somewhere longer or maybe you'll feel like you want to get more of the story. But like you need to blink because you're the human being that blinks. So you kind of get that feeling of, OK, you can't stay in one moment at a time and you have to like go through it. And then you realize, you know, there's a little bit of a twist where you like go through another like leg of the story and um, it's just very moving and weird and dark at times. And I just think it's just so incredibly written that if you're a fan of any story games, even if you're not a fan of story games, I think you need to play this because it's one of the most unique and powerful experiences I've had from a video game in a really long time.
0: Yeah, it was definitely one that was kept under the radar for sure. But like I, I don't think I really heard about it until it came out and I had a couple of friends start playing it. Um, or like, or just like Twitter acquaintances or something, you know, and I was seeing people talk about it. And I was like, that game sounds like it will wreck me. So like, I'm a not right now. But like, it's something that when I'm in a good headspace, I would love to to play because I've heard it's really, really good.
2: Yeah, I was about to say I have not really heard anything about this game. But just by that description, Janet, I'm like looking it up on Steam right now. And I'm probably
0: gonna buy it. Yeah, let I me know I
3: have what a you wish think. Listed, I just never really pulled the trigger.
1: Do
0: it. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a, a must play. Um, we had a couple others on here too. We had Pac Man ninety nine. Totally forgot that that came out. Um, um. <laughs> yeah, how how was that for uh, Jarrett and Janet? Y'all both played it.
3: Uh, it's Pac Man. It's a little less sort of infuriating than Mario thirty or whatever that one was mm-hmm. thirty five. Um, which I played a whole lot of too. I didn't play as much Pac Man ninety nine, but um, these sort of taking these old games and making them competitive roguelikes are, are imp- competitive battle royals is just a hilarious sort of trend that I will always like. And I'm waiting for Zelda ninety nine. This is still- oh my god! Oh god!
0: Let's, let's <laughs> I don't I don't okay. even want to know. That would be <laughs> that would be the one that would get me. I hate it, but like I know it's true. That would be it. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I, I'm liking this trend, too, because it's very odd Um, and almost always works to some degree, which I think has been surprising. Um, But Pac-Man 99, I really like. I mean, pac mans one of my favorite games of all time. I have the Miss Pac-Man 1-Up uh, arcade cabinet in my house. Um, I love Pac-Man. And uh, one thing I think is fun so about cute. Yeah, it's such a good uh, it's such an ador- it's like one of the most beautiful looking cabinets ever, like the traditional one. And obviously, it's a very small version of it, but um, I like having it around. And um, one interesting thing with this one is it's it kind of makes you play Pac-Man in a slightly different way. Like traditionally, you're looking to score points, but here you're like looking to um, survive, but also rack up ghosts in in an odd way, because you can kind of like um, and it's been a while since I played, but you can kind of create these trains where there's like a bunch of ghosts where you can rack up like a, a little bit still in that point base of, you know, pellets and ghosts, but like it's a lot more ghost focused. So I find myself getting into a lot more um, conflict in this game, which sounds kind of goofy because it's a freaking little arcade game where you run around and eat pellets. But um, it's a little bit more uh, combative, I think, than a traditional Pac-Man is where you're being a little bit more calm and strategic. But here it's like, okay, I'm I'm working to survive, but also like rack up these attacks and kind of uh, get one over on people I'm playing with. And I think it's the only of the 99 games that I have gotten first place. So I was like, boom, Ultimate Pac-Man Player. And then I stopped playing. Nice. I really
3: like that, though, that it, it turns the same. You're not doing anything differently, like, functionally, but it changes the motive, right? So yes. now you, you're you eating ghosts to, like, actively drop these ghosts on someone else's screen to make their life harder. because, And you have to do it because you know that there's no way you can just kind of, like, play pac-man by yourself in hiding in a corner and no one's going to touch you that's not how this game works
4: everyone's yeah, end, coming for you you end up eating i think the big difference now that i'm remembering like the little um and i've heard the name for this but like the pellet that makes it so that you can't eat the ghost you end up consuming those a lot faster because stuff on the board regenerates a lot quicker um mm. and then the only i think thing beef i had is that it's the same board throughout the whole game i thought that was kind yeah. of a weird choice but works for me because after like the first few boards of pac-man I, like, don't have the sauce for, like, that blue board that has, like, a really long and compressed layout. So I thought that was a little bit of an interesting choice, probably just to keep it, I think, a little bit simpler and even. But, yeah, like, you're kind of, you're not really saving stuff as much versus, like, in traditional Pac-Man. Again, it's a little bit more thought out where you want to make sure that when you get that pellet, you're going to get everything in that one swoop if you want to get the most points for the use of this really, like, powerful item.
0: Yeah. No, that that makes complete sense. It's like, yeah, all of these like battle royale versions of these are really putting like new twists and motives on things. And that's. That's really cool. It's a it's a very inventive way to kind of keep like these retro games alive. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Janet, you also played the Oregon Trail over on Apple Arcade. How'd you like that? Yes,
4: everyone needs to go play this. This is it's awesome. It might be <laughs> the best iteration of Oregon Trail, though, granted, I probably only played like one or two iterations. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I adored it. It's uh, Oregon Trail by Gameloft. It's exclusive to Apple Arcade, at least at the time, and I think that's still the case. And it's it's Oregon Trail. It's what you'd expect. You know, you're getting in the wagon, you're making choices. Um, The inventory management oddly looks just like Resident Evil, like, where you're kind of stacking things and reorganizing things. That's so funny. Um, And one really cool thing about this, though, uh, and they have this note on their game page that I'll read out, uh, which says, for the first time, the game features Native American playable characters and stories celebrating the history and cultures of the people who first lived on this land and still live here today. So I do like that it's taking a bit more of, like, a culturally appropriate um, approach to a, a really beloved game, I think, for a lot of people. But at the same time, like a lot of those older games don't have, you know, like a lot of like American history nods. They don't have like the they have a little bit more of a sanitized and inaccurate version. So I like that this took that into account and tried to make strides for it. You know, I haven't spent too much time with it and I haven't done like a lot of intensive research to comment on how well they executed on that goal. But I liked that, that that was taken into consideration.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um you're not just playing Manifest Destiny Simulator. Yeah. <laughs> Which like Oregon Trail is great, <laughs> but like truly, like that is it at its core. Yeah. Um Okay, so next up for May, uh we had a few of like I don't know. I'm not going to say like the years like first big ones because there's like other games in here that like were important too. But I feel like two of like the most anticipated by so many people were Resident Evil Village and Mass Effect Legendary Edition and they both hit in May. Um so let's talk about Resident Evil first. Um it looks like everybody except for Kayla played that one a bit, um, though, Kayla, I think that you're kind of in the same boat with me where it's like I played it a little bit, but mostly I've seen that game played all the way through like three times because Andrew's yeah. obsessed with it. And Kayla, you've seen like the whole thing played through, too. So I feel like we all have like either seen it or played it. So I'll uh, I don't know who wants to who wants to talk first about it.
3: Had everyone played seven? I did. Yeah.
0: Yes, I. I watch like i've seen seven played all the way through so like i i know everything that happens but i'm a baby about horror games i love Same. watching them like i i can watch streams like i'll watch andrew beat the whole thing i'll watch youtube videos but like i'm such a baby about doing it myself so like i've seen it all uh, of seven and eight but yeah that's where i'm it's, at <laughs> I would i'm actually say, really oh sorry go ahead
3: i would say this was as as far as like horror like scary baby stuff This is way eight is way better at that than seven Seven is like legitimately scary.
1: Yes, seven. Well, I would argue that like at least the the house part of seven I think is the scariest part. I think after that it gets a little bit
3: goofy. Yeah, it's kind of like running through the woods and Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, whereas like I don't know, so far at least to me, eight is like kind of like retro horror, but it's still like scary and that you're like oh fuck there's gonna be a werewolf man or there's gonna be a vampire lady and uh, there's a lot of tight spaces
2: very dark that's Um, what i was gonna say though is that like i the reason i don't play these same as jessica is because i don't like horror games at all um i have never played a resident evil game but just watching the entire playthrough I feel like this is the only one of all of them that I would actually enjoy because it seems less scary and way more like campy. Like it's very, it, it's just uh, it, like campy is the the word to describe just from watching people play. And oh, that's why Resident I feel Evil like I Seven like
1: is so campy. The, yeah, the house part terrifying, but once you get through the like final boss fight in that, it gets just progressively more off the rails
4: i think there's also like some even though it's supposed to be about resident evil village and not and not seven but i think it's so natural to talk about the two together because of how like they may have influenced each other and just kind of what is modern resident evil but with seven and camp i mean without giving anything away there's a a fight in the garage that kind of mm-hmm. goes to some places. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I'm someone that also is sort of newer to horror or apprehensive about horror because I'm just scared and weak and terrified. But I, I played seven with a friend and uh, got through it okay. And, and going into eight, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go because I'm taking it alone. But yeah, eight is not really scary at all. But I, I do want to say that. You know, you do have to know yourself a little bit because I I never want to say that and then have someone have like a really horrible time. I feel like if you know, know your limits and see what there is out there and you can kind of judge for yourself. But I think seven is horrifying at times, but manageable ultimately. And eight is pretty chill as far as uh, scares.
1: For the record, I think it's scary. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think I saw, I was playing it on stream yesterday and I saw the doll for the first time, but I think I actually screamed. That whole area is horrifying. Um, yes,
0: that area yeah, is scary. That's, that's yeah, going to that, be a bad time
3: for you, I think. Well, yes. Yeah, that house, house is, is bad. Bad. The house I'm, is so bad.
1: I'm a it's big really chicken baby. I love horror, but, like, having to interact with it actively in the way that games make you does, like, really stress me out. But one, I'm on anxiety medication now. And two, I play it on stream, so I'm not by myself. The stream um, does help. Yeah, except for the fact that I actually got really motion sick playing it yesterday, Um, so that was a bummer. (laughs) Uh, I I think
3: you might, like, so I uh, immediately I kind of changed the settings to to turn off that sway and to kind of take off the motion blur, and it changed the game for me completely.
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna need to fuck with the settings, because I was fine outside the castle, but now that I'm, like, full-on in there, like... I made it like 45 minutes before I was like, I need to stop streaming because I'm going to puke.
0: So wait, so are you still in the castle?
1: Yes. I just murdered my first Dimitrisky daughter yesterday.
0: Have you not seen gameplay past it? Uh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> you. if you're, okay. Okay. So I, I don't think that I could do all the castles stuff. up. That stuff's not scary to me. Um tie, you're in for such a rough
2: time. Yeah. I think you're not gonna have a good time. <laughs> no, past you're not, because the, the castle
0: is very like calm and chill. Like it's not it's not like the scary part. That feels like more like action-y like to me. Yeah, there I- is I
1: it's been a lot of the, the ladies popping up and me being like, Oh shit, oh fuck, and then just like running away.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's I, like I like I said, I played it a bit. I played like part of the castle stuff and like that part was not bad. Um uh, actually- Oops, Sorry, I'm, go ahead Jess. No, I was saying I'm, I'm very thankful. I don't know. So par- now that I've seen that game played like literally all the way through three times because Andrew is just like he's he, he went through such a thing with he it. Was, like,
1: was, he went absolutely wild. Yeah, because he was he doing the like unhinged. Yeah,
0: like now I'm going to do the knife run. Now I'm going to do it in, like the hardest difficulty, blah, blah, blah. Like he, no, he, he kept was, like, doing speed that
1: running shit. It. Like, yeah. Oh, he, he, like, he, became he can a beat fucking maniac.
0: Yeah, he can beat that game in like three and a half hours like it's wild so i've watched him do it and now i'm like confident i'm like well now that i know where everything is i could probably play that game but like i am so glad that i did not do what i was originally gonna do and i was like this like i've played two right and like two like i played the remake of it and i really liked it um but it was really fucking scary it was very scary scary. game
1: together in the same room it's
0: very scary it's very scary um but, like, I was originally, like, no, like, Village is going to be, like, my first proper one that, like, I play. And, yeah, I, I can I can be brave. And then I got to, like, the fucking, like, house with the dolls and the baby. And I was like, nope, 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 nope.
3: Oh, yeah, the baby's going <sighs> to rule.
1: Yeah, I know I'm probably going to have a bad time. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs>
0: um, I will watch those streams and love it, <laughs> so.
1: Um, I will say, I've noticed that, like, the pacing of this game is like very erratic compared to seven i feel like the beginning of seven was like very tight and this one is like ethan and his family now you're in a car accident now there's werewolves now there's a castle now there's a werewolf man now you're back in the castle they have to
3: put a lot of effort to getting you from the end of seven to the beginning of eight and they're like let's just throw it all into 20 minutes in the beginning of this game
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, like, literally, I made a joke tweet about it because I finished the section where, like, you first see the, like, four lords or whatever, and they have the argument, and then they give you to the werewolf dude, and, and like, you you are, like, quote-unquote in his possession for, like, five minutes, and then you're just back in the castle, and you're like, hello, ladies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I was like, what? Is he gonna come back, or are we done? Um... But yeah, I think I'm gonna like it. I'm I'm enjoying the lady content. Um, obviously.
2: <laughs> you're gonna especially enjoy the lady content at the end um of that like section that you're in, I think, just because of your brand. And I'm yes. really excited for that. Yes. I just like I could not believe
1: like one, everybody was like, oh, everyone's so horny, related really to you. No, they were not horny enough. Two I can't believe the Capcom was like, "Wow, we are really shocked by how much people liked her." When her like actual real intro scene with Ethan is her just like sexually sucking blood off his hand for like 2 minutes. Like, what? <laughs> what, Capcom? You do?
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Kayla, you're so right. Ty, you're gonna you're gonna love that. Um Good. to not linger too long on village though um we can we can move to mass effect legendary edition uh which who all among us has like played the original trilogy
2: me
3: i played the original trilogy i just haven't gotten to the remastered ones yet
0: okay i gotcha um so okay so so janet and kayla that was your first time playing the trilogy um how okay because I don't know how far you are Kayla but how are y'all liking it so far how did you like it I'm still
4: kind of in the earlier parts because, again, my padded four-hour stream, I, I only really spent four hours yeah. with the first one, but uh, I liked it a lot. I mean, it's, you know, I feel like late take, right? <laughs> like, it's, these games have kind of been a known quantity for some time, but um, I really love the story stuff. I know some people take issues with the with the gunplay, but, as, again, as someone who's not really a shooter person, I'm like, I don't really notice when it's, like, good or not. Either way, I'm not that good, so I don't, it's just, <laughs> it kind of doesn't really affect me. Um, but I love the world building, and I just, I spent so much time like walking around and trying to talk to everybody um i love how many games like this are really just like walking sims like okay you're just hanging out (laughs) this is this could be a visual novel honestly um and i really like that part of it so i'm enjoying like the world building and excited to to play through it but it's more of a a time issue for why i haven't continued
2: yeah i'm the opposite where like this even though this is like seems like on paper like so my shit like it the space opera like fun shooter like let's do it um and being able to date people like come on um the i'm having trouble where like i keep booting it up and then i'm really early in mass effect 2 i Finished the first one and I did enjoy it, but what I had to do to enjoy it was literally play it for like eight hours straight. Like I, this is one of those games. Yeah, and the I feel reason like...
1: that Bioware games are good is because they just beat you into submission.
2: Well, but that's what I was going to say. Is every <laughs> I like Bioware games, but I feel like I'm the same way with every one. Where like if I'm going to play a Bioware game, I have to play it to the point where like I'm like only playing that game i'm sucked into my screen and i'm playing it for like hours on end barely getting sleep so i could finish it like that's how i was with dragon age and i keep booting up the second one i'm very early in and i keep going to the same like fighting sequence and then i just like i'm like oh this is not entertaining me right now so like i'll i'll get to it and when i do i'm gonna have to sit down with a monster and be like all right girl like play through it let's go just but, like didn't at this you point- originally play
1: them in like a week <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I I played them when the third one came out, um, the original trilogy, and I beat the first two games over the course of, like, four days, (laughs) or, like, three and a half. I, like, I went crazy, like, I was so into them. Um, Yeah, so it's definitely
1: not just you, Kayla, I think that is a, that is a sentiment.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, and then, like, when it came to playing the Legendary Edition, I don't know, I guess, like, we don't have to go too far into this, because, honestly, like, Hey, you, you know want,
1: what
0: we did? Yeah, I was like, if you want Ty and I to like talk about Mass Effect, uh, we did like a whole ass, like two or three hour podcast uh, with Bonnie, too, who was like an amazing guest. Um, and y'all should listen to that if you want uh, Mass Effect feelings because it was, there's a lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. I think that like, as far, I don't know, I, I I both enjoyed that game more and less coming back to it. I think that the gameplay still holds up and I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, narratively though, like going back to it, there's a lot that doesn't hold up as well. Um, I don't know. I There's cer- certain new things that like, or not new things I guess, but like things that I went back to that I appreciate more now as far as story and narrative goes. I think that like one does kind of a lot of cool things with the first couple places that you visit and then I think that God, what's the DLC that you and I both are just in love with, Ty, in the third one? Uh
3: That's Citadel? On- is it Citadel? That's the one everyone loves. I no.
0: Think.
1: Oh no, no 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 Omega.
0: Omega. Is it what's it called though? Is it just called Omega?
1: I think it's like Battle for Omega or something.
0: Yeah, but that one like that DLC is real fucking good. Oh, when you um, meet
3: Arya's lady? Yes. yes. Oh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, that DLC, real fucking good. Um, that was, like, a highlight of replaying that. But, I don't know, overall, I still had a great time. Still romance my boy Garrus, love him dearly. Um, I don't know, have any final thoughts on that, tie?
1: No. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> listen, yeah, listen to the podcast.
0: <laughs> the next game I'm excited for, all of us have played it. I think that's the first game on this list that all of us have played. And, like, I actually genuinely... Really love this game, uh, Knockout City.
1: Yeah, um,
0: it's it's, it's such ball. a fun game. Yeah, um, it's, I don't it's know. multiplayer
1: dodgeball, and you don't have to aim. It's incredible. That is true. That's it's mm.
0: good. It's fun. It is good job. Like, it's, <laughs> and it's like I I don't know because I feel like it's not as much of a time commitment as something like. I don't know, playing, like, a round of Fortnite or something, right? Or, like, any of, like, the big battle royale-type games right now. Like, it's very easy to just pop in, play a couple matches, and leave. It's it's not as big of a multiplayer commitment. At least in my opinion. Like, it feels like I'm able to just, like, okay, I have 20 minutes, I can play two matches. Yeah. I think it
3: feels that way often also because it doesn't require a whole lot of, like, a a whole lot of skill to feel like you're being like productive in any particular game like as as Mm -hmm. ty mentioned you don't have to aim thank god right like because how the fuck would this work otherwise and instead of having to aim all you really have to do is focus on knowing where someone is and then the 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 game right the strategy is how do i convince this person to let his guard down enough to me for me to put this ball on them i have to throw throw different ways i have to sort of faint like it, we're it's all the 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 game for me is when you're floating like strafing in front of someone and you're, like you're waiting like you both have balls you're waiting for the first person mm. to throw waiting for the catch should i throw this around the pillar should i throw this should i lob it like should i just pass it to someone who i can see on my team like coming around the side for like a really quick flank like taking the skill of just aiming and hitting someone out allows you to like spend all that brain power thinking about all the cool tactical shit that like shooters like this, which is, it's kind of what this is—a shooter, uh, can really produce. And like, this is a game that you really could never see like a Call of Duty or something like that recreate because of just the the premise, right? Like, mm-hmm. this it, is such a. I guess like the sad thing about it, as with any you know, game as a service, which is kinda of what this has turned into. Um, is like is is this something that the people will be able to boon just on the strength of playing all the time long enough for it to become a big deal? Because it kind of was, you know, a surprise big deal in April, uh or May, but like was it is it going to be that same sort of people did people want to see that with the same amount of energy in October, right? Like I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and, like, they did just make that, um, like, the movies uh, season yeah, that they're the doing right now. Yeah, the second season is,
3: like, starting, either it started or it's about to start.
0: I think it just started, like, a week and a half ago. I played, because I, I played it uh, last week, um, and it was going on then. They have, like, the new soda ball, which is, like, horrifying. <laughs> um, it re- it's it's a lot. Um, but, yeah, i i I see exactly what you mean. Like, I don't know if it is going to be the type of game that does, like, you know stand the test of time. It's just kind of a wait and see sort of thing. Um, but I really do enjoy it. It feels like it's something that is like very accessible. Um, as far as like, if you're a newcomer to multiplayer games, like you should be able to jump in and have like an okay time with it. Um, and Jarrett talking about like how it allows you to be more strategic is super spot on. I think that also like teamwork plays a lot bigger role too. Um, because you know, a lot of times like in a one-on- one situation it could kind of go either way right like I mean it, it's kind of just like can you get the upper hand on this person um but like there's also t- you know like you can have teammates flank like you can pass mm-hmm. the ball to other people you can like turn it's into better a
3: ball and pass yourself to yes. Someone.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, like, so it kind of is dependent upon, like, you knowing where your teammates are and, and using them and relying on them. Um, a lot of times, too, like, you kind of do want to stick together, because um, if everybody goes off on their own and the other team is sticking together, you're just going to get picked off. So it's, it's cool.
3: It's it's really a, it's one of those, like, there's a 1v1 sort of ranked mode, but mm-hmm. really you, you can see... Kind of the tactical sort of expression happen in the team-based uh ranked modes where like teams mm-hmm. are are starting to communicate and really playing like a unit and they are just dominating pickup games it's really interesting to see like i i hope this game survives long enough to like get a pro scene because i'd really love to see this game like played at a high level
0: yeah, it would be cool. I mean, like that's that's like one of the most intense things because like I'll generally play this game not with not with a full team like maybe with like one friend or something like that. I don't know if I've ever played it a ton like alone, maybe a couple times, but usually with like one or two other people. Um, and like if you if you get matched with like a team of four people who are all like the same uh, what are they even called? like not guild or clan or whatever like the same group yeah, team
3: club or whatever whatever yeah. Whatever
0: like if and like and they're good and you can tell they're on mics and they are in sync you're just gonna get your ass handed to you like it, it really is like very heavy in, in teamwork um but yeah we can uh we'll move on though let's let's talk about Bio Mutant a little bit i did not play this one ty and janet looks like y'all both did how did that how'd that you sucks. like it? it was not good really <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I like the character creator, like, getting to make your funky little critter is nice, and the combat can feel good, but, like, the story sucks, it's very much one of those, like, we love video games, therefore we're gonna make a weird Japanese pastiche, but also it's gonna be African tribalism, and, like, it just is very messy. It feels like a game that would have come out in, like, the mid-2000s. In a lot of ways. Um, also the narrator's super annoying.
4: Oh yeah. I had um, to but you can turn that down to as low as it can go. And he's he's still annoying, but it's like less there. But it's um yeah, it's just a rough one. I mean, we don't have to spend too much time dragging it, but I mean, um honestly, it was just kind of dull. Uh I remember I'm looking back at a thread I did after I played it. I think I spent four hours with it. Uh the first two and a half hours are really rough. Uh it does get a little better but then it's it's still not that good so that's the thing i would say for positives uh what i had had tweeted out into the void uh is that i like the concept of the three attack styles you have weapons melee and abilities again y'all know at this point i like cool abilities they also have um some fun comic book book style overlays to kind of uh you know like it'll say like pow or something like that uh Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of cute like you can tell they had you know thought behind the stylization of the world and I also think the character creator thing is is pretty cool but that's kind of where it pretty much ends for me like I also like the armor design the wep- the the weapon design and the functionality of those things um but that's kind of the end of like my positives like I think the the combat you're a little bit too agile so you kind of end up feeling a little bit floaty uh the targeting's kind of rough like the loop of attacking enemies just gets kind of boring and they're they're really into doing like a slowdown thing like toward the end of uh, Mm a interaction but and i played this like right when it launched so maybe it's gotten better because i think there's been patches since like it just ends up looking like kind of bad so that it looks a little bit like glitchy um the story it starts off super slow there's like a two-hour lore dump with a bunch of tutorials and like a flashback that's basically a tutorial that's also a lore dump and it just they give you a lot to try to focus on it just takes a while to really feel like you're getting into the game and then graphically it doesn't look that great like the it, there's a lot of fur and the textures are sort of tear a bit the load screen <laughs> is like really long um yeah it's just the fast travel to, to create fast travel points you have to piss on a flag which i felt like was a little too much for me i know some people are really into like that kind That's of humor, a lot. but i wasn't into it um at one point you get um you get ridables in this game but i i had like ridden this like kind of horse-like creature and i swear to god it was the slowest horse ride, pseudo horse ride, that I've ever been on in my life. I'm like, it's faster to walk. Why is this so slow? Um, And yeah, Yeah. uh, the open world is kind of just aggressively okay. It kind of reminds me of like, the open world is kind of constructed like, think Ghost Tsushima, but without charming details, beauty, or good combat. Like, it has that whole, you're walking through big areas, and there's enemy encounters that you can dig into or not dig into and then there's you know fast travel integration but without what was cool about Ghost you know for those who really vibed with it is the combat was cool so maybe you'd want to do that stuff or the secrets were interesting so maybe you'd want to like follow the fox and and get those collectibles but this doesn't really have either of those two things to pull you through so you just kind of end up with like a really big space to kind of just go between objective and objective so uh
0: yeah it was it was rough yeah it's one that like seem like it might like might have been uh going that direction. So bummer to hear it, but yeah, that's that's more or less what I've heard from people. Uh we also had this month Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne Remaster. Um none of us played that one. I know Monty did. Um and I've based I mean it's it's by the same people who do Personas It's an Atlas game. Uh and it is Persona but like if you want to have a nightmare time playing it. I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna pick it up and I'm gonna play it for sure. Um it's I've just been busy. Um but I've heard good things. Um it seems like for the most part people have, have really been liking it. Um it looks like they're starting to bring more and more of those older persona slash uh SMT titles back. So that's kind of cool. And that is gonna do it for us for the first half of this podcast. We're gonna take a little break. I can say for the first time ever, we're going to have a message from our sponsors. How fancy is that? Uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of an exciting little, little change there. Um, and we'll see you guys in just a few minutes.
1: Hey, humans. Ty here. Uppercut is now fueled by Grinding Coffee Company. Grinding is a Black and LGBTQ owned business that freshly roasts gluten-free vegan coffee right before they ship it. Almost all of us have gotten the chance to try at least one of Grindings roasts, and we all adore what we've had. To try it yourself and support two small queer-owned businesses, enter the code UPPERCUT at checkout for 10% off any non-subscription purchases.
0: Okay, and we are back from our break and we are ready to talk about June, July, August and what's to come. Uh, so for June, the first game I'm going to bring up is Mario Golf Super Rush, which I did not play. But it looks like uh, Ty and Janet, y'all both did. How'd you like it?
1: Um, I've never played Mario Golf before. Uh, this one is boring.
0: Same.
4: <laughs> I mean, I I think... um. I guess to break it down a little bit more, um, like, yeah, it's just, it's not the, I think these, like, kind of side franchises or, like, side stories within, like, the mainline stuff has, the only ones that have really, like, caught on to, like, huge critical acclaim and virality are, like, Mario Party and Mario Kart. Like, you know, I think the other ones, it always is, like, some people get really into tennis or... Or golf or whatever, but for the most part, it's kind of like if you like it, you like it, and if you don't, you don't. Um, I think I do follow it, follow into that ladder camp of, yeah, like it it wasn't bad by any means. Like, I think it was an all right time. I played with my brother. Um, We definitely had, uh, I actually like the traditional mode more than like the rush element of like trying to just, you know, run up to the ball and, and get, like, uh you know, kind of complete the run faster than anybody with also, like, simultaneously having, like, less strokes than everyone else. Um, I like the watching someone take a shot and then taking one after a little bit more, which is slower paced and less goofy. But, um, yeah, and I liked some of the integrations of, like, Mario stuff within it. Um, but I felt like it wasn't quite goofy enough to be, uh, like, slapstick fun and not quite serious enough to be, like, an alternative. So it kind of occupied an odd space for me, Uh, where admittedly, yeah, I'm not really itching to go back to it. Like, I don't think it's going to be a franchise that has won me over based on this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's like, you. it's also the UI is, like, confusing. It's hard to tell, like, which... Thing is, which there's like the RPG part that's like the story mode uses a me, and then you are in like a weird dorm with like some of the side Mario characters. But then, if you want to play golf with the Mario characters, that's like a different mode. Um, which I didn't, I was like, I wanted to play a story as Mario being a golfer. Um, yeah, so I guess that was on me for having that expectation, but um. I don't know. Yeah, like it's, it's just boring. I don't know. Like they uh, whatever. Like you can play it. It's fine. It's like what Janet said, pretty much to a T. Like, it's not super super accurate or semi, and mm. it's also not like wacky in the way something like an Everybody's Golf or something is.
4: So yeah, I think I wanted a, more interesting courses. Um, personally, mm-hmm. is what I would have been looking for, especially like there's so much awesome Mario lore that I feel like you could have. Like, can we just golf on, like, you know, babam fields or something kind of like that, right? Like, I was looking for something a little bit more uh, heavily nodding to the IP directly. Like, there are the fun, like, your kind of ultimate shot where, oh, this ball, when it lands, like, the it freezes the ground or something. But even that feels like it could have easily been tied into more of the IP than it was. Um, yeah, like, I, I it, I've liked golf games before, but this is not one of them, unfortunately, I think.
0: Mm, that's a huge bummer because like I feel like golf games have like weirdly become so popular so you would think that like one of these like I don't know something that is iconic is like the Mario like license would do a little bit better job with it but guess it is what it is um next one we have is stonefly which i haven't played but it looks so cool janet how do you like it uh this one i also was not
4: a huge fan of um i think the art the art is awesome and i think the ost is incredible um and they have some cool customizations with like your uh, ship for lack of a better term but i i just feel like the combat was a little bit dull to me um basically at least in the the introductory period because i only played like two hours of it um it's a lot of like you have like a wind mechanic, at least at the beginning, you can get other abilities as you go, because it has like a little bit of like RPG-ness to it, in a sense, with just like specking out your ship with different stuff. But you're sort of just kind of like pushing these enemies like off of like a playing field, you know, a, a, you know, you're in a forest for a lot of the times or it has like a, a huge nature like theme to it. So yeah, that that loop didn't do it for me. And it feels like that's kind of you know, the main part of the game. So that, that was uh, where that one landed for me. So I wasn't a, a big fan.
0: Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. That makes sense. Um, next one we had was Operation Tango, which I played. I actually had like a surprise. Well, I don't know. Maybe surprisingly is like a negative word. But like, I don't know. I, I didn't really know a ton about it. And then I started it and I had a really, really great time. Um, it, I wish that it kind of would have done a little bit more. Um, but overall... It's, it's fun. For people who haven't played it, it's basically it's a co-op game. You play with one other person, um, and it kind of has vibes of, like, keep talking and nobody explodes, yep. where you have to relay instructions to the other person who doesn't see the same things that you see, um, and you have to use that cooperation to successfully do, like, these spy missions. Um, and, yeah, I, I had a good time. If you, if you like those types of games where i don't know like the quote unquote like test your relationship type games where you play these things with like a friend or whatever and uh see if you can under pressure uh not fuck up it's fun it looks like so uh janet and jarrett you guys both played it too
4: yeah i loved it i was this one was a a surprise for me just in the sense that my read on it was like oh this is the ps plus game this month okay sure and I, I gave it a try and I adored it uh, I played with my boyfriend uh, it is worth noting that it's it's co-op but you do need to have like Separate configurations like it's not like local split screen, which mm-hmm. for good reason because you're the whole point is not seeing the other person's stuff. But that being said, it does have like friend pass integration where only one person needs to have the game, whether they downloaded it through PS Plus or if they bought it. So uh, it does follow that it takes two model of um, mandatory co op that doesn't make you buy the game twice. Um, and yeah, like I just had a really good time with it. It was, it's it's just very enjoyable um it's essentially kind of heisty so yeah you are just doing that communication back and forth and trying to figure things out and it's i stream this as well in part and it was really amusing having people see everything that we couldn't see and realizing just how um off base we were with some of our descriptions of of the tasks um Mm. But yeah, it's a really good time. And I, I even platinum this game because I played it on PlayStation and it was fun to go back as the um, other person because there's like an agent and a hacker or an operative and a hacker. So there's someone mm. that's in the ground and then someone that is more of on the hacking element. So seeing the other one, um, it was cool. It's kind of like two games in one type vibe. Obviously, it wasn't as fun the second time just because we kind of beam through it faster because we like knew everything now but it was awesome seeing like oh this is what you were trying to tell me (laughs) like that's not what i got Mm -hmm. at all
0: did you uh which one did you enjoy more i only played operative
4: i played um if the operative is the one on the ground that's the one i played first so i think i enjoyed that one more because i felt like i was more active like the hacker you're kind of more so just staring at screens and doing things while the operative you're at mm-hmm. least a little bit on the ground and walking around rooms and things. So I, I did like that one a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I can imagine like the because uh, even as the operative, you do a few like computery things. Um, and yeah, I feel like doing the the walking around bits would probably be a little bit more engaging overall. but I think that either way it seems like both people would be having fun. Uh, Jarrett, how did you feel about it?
3: I am glad it was short. I wow. enjoyed oh. it. I enjoyed it. That's not the you know to dunk on it necessarily, but I think this is an experience that I don't think lasts ten hours well, but it does last three hours well.
0: That's fair. Um, okay, I that's think, that is very fair. I agree.
3: Like I don't. It, there's only so many ways you can do this gimmick before you've done it enough, right? And I felt. That even by the end, like, you you started going through some of the motions you've gone through already, which was still fine because you're kind of getting, like, different looks at it. But I I do not... That it was chase and sort of light and breezy, and you can kind of play through it in one sitting, which is what we mostly did. Like, we did a little preview at IP for it right before launch on PC, and then me and Scott went and, you know, played through the rest by ourselves. But that game is... um. For like a for like a one time sit down and like play and then that's your experience. I think it's a great. I, I think a lot of not not enough games sort of are designed that way to kind of just be played once and kind of just move on with like take that singular experience and leave. Like I mm-hmm. did not play a second time. I'm not sure I would want to. I kind of like not knowing what exactly he was attempting to say to me. Like I I don't really want to know what the hacker saw. We just kind of got the job done. Um those little s- sort of one experience only kind of things whenever they do come by I-, I really do enjoy and wish, you know, there was like a real viable market for more of that stuff.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like it was it was fun playing this one relatively shortly after like It Takes Two, um, just because I don't know, I, I do miss like good cooperative multiplayer games like that like stuff like uh, mario 3d land right i also played that with andrew um but it's like it's a different type of co-op where you know it's it's just kind of you doing the same things um but having like the back and forth is really unique and really fun and so when those pop up i they are always very very pleasant surprises um and i think that's why whenever i said at the very beginning talking about operation tango i wish that there had been like a little bit more um kind of, like, going off of what you said, Jarrett, as far as, like, you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, like, I get the gimmick. Um, And and it seems like there probably is room for them to have done different things with different levels. Um, By the time I got to... I think it's the level after you do like the whole train thing, which was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like you're just like looking at computers the entire time. Yeah, uh, that's when I was like, okay, it's getting this, this right. is a little so tedious. I, I, I'm not. I, I
3: can't imagine like the next level doing this again and then me having a good time necessarily. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like I like by that point, I was starting to get like a little I was like, this is a little tedious. It doesn't help that the game also like crashed twice during that level, which is like the most tedious one in the entire game. So I had to do that three times. Um, But yeah, so I I get what you mean as far as like it starts to kind of lose its luster the more you play it. But I think that overall, I had a really great time with it uh the next game i have not played a ton but i put a few hours into it um it's very charming very cute uh chicory i think that uh ty and Jan, did you you both played a bit more of it right
1: uh i finished it
0: same
1: i platinum did also that's that's
0: what i thought that's what i thought i remember both of you like tweeting about it and stuff so how did how do y'all like it
1: It's fine. Um, I'll... I felt bad saying that, because, like, it's good, but, like, when I say, like, it's fine, like, it's solid, like, it's a game I enjoyed, um, I, you know, had a good time with it, there's a lot of fun, cute ideas in it, um, it did not have the emotional impact on me that it seemed to have on a lot of folks.
4: Yeah, I, I absolutely love this game. Uh, this is currently game of the year right now. Um, I think it's fantastic. So f- for those who don't really know what Chicory is, it is an adventure coloring book game. So the world is primarily black and white, the beginning, mostly, mostly the beginning. And then you're painting and you use that paint for both creativity and traversal. Um, and yeah, I adored it. I will say uh, from an emotional standpoint, I mean, I think the story is really strong and it did impact me, but I think what I was probably somewhat more into was the actual gameplay. Uh, it is a little bit Metroidvania-y oddly enough in that you get like these different brush abilities um, like as your bond with the brush grows like the whole thing is you're the wielder with like this magic paintbrush like you're the only one that can paint and bring color to the world and you go on your adventure and as your bond grows and you progress in the game you get different like abilities with that brush like you can like a early one on is you make glow paint so okay now I can go through the caves and like Sometimes that's a bit obvious what you're going to get. Like with the caves, it's like, I'll probably get something to illuminate these caves because we've all, you know, been in caves in games before. But other stuff was a little bit more surprising. Um, And I'm like, okay, cool. Now I can go through this area and and check out these parts. Um, Writing wise, I do think it's strong and personable. Like the NPCs are cute and quirky and charming and I enjoyed doing their quests. So that's kind of what compelled me to keep on like going and delving deeper. Um, Yeah, like the writing is just really strong and enjoyable, which just made me compelled to to dig into it. Um, And I like that it also ties into so many other genres. Like, this game feels very much like a game that came after Link's Awakening and, and all these other elements, but it still manages to feel fresh, with all of that, which I think is what really made it stand out to me as something that is a bit unique. Uh, and then from a gameplay standpoint, for those again who may not know, it's kind of a little bit environmental puzzly. Like for the most part, that's its traversal and puzzle solving is the main gameplay mm-hmm. mechanic, with like a little bit of combat for the bosses. Which like my only gripe in the game is that I don't think the bosses are that good. Like they're not mechanically interesting, okay. and I think I'm like this could have been a cutscene, and you can't skip them like within the settings, but. You know, I think that's the, kind of the only, uh, my only beef with it. But yeah, this one really stood out to me and I really love this game. That was really good.
0: I'm really excited to beat it. I, I've put in like, I don't know, maybe four hours into it or something like that. Um, It's really, it's like just a very pretty game too. Like I remember when I first got the cave paint and like just going through the caves and like... I don't know and like making everything all neon and lit up, it's so pretty. It's such a pretty game. Um and the characters so far are very charming and I've heard that it has like a very like nice story about perfectionism um and and kind of, you know, validation and and things like that. So like all stuff that like I'm like, "Mm, I can relate to that." So I'm excited to play it. I think that I'll probably end up really liking it. Um yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's a cute one. I feel like uh, that one has gotten a lot of praise everywhere, too. So cool, cool to have indie games come out and just like kick ass like that. Uh, next one on the list is, te- it's not like a full game, but it added quite a bit. Um, Final Fantasy VII Intergrade slash um, Intermission. Uh, Integrate is like the name for just the added content, really just kind of at the end slash PlayStation 5 upgrade of the base game that came out last year. Uh, Intermission is the new Yuffie-centered uh, mission, which is, it just adds like a little bit more backstory to Yuffie, stuff that wasn't in the original game. Uh, I'm the only one who played it, so I'm just gonna like brush over it really quick. Um, I thought it was really good. I think that having Yuffie have her own little chapter was kind of unexpected and it worked weirdly enough. I think that a lot of people were also like, Hmm, how is that? How's that going to feel? But it, it just really worked. And I think it introduced her in a very like charming way, um, that maybe people who play the original game and weren't huge fans of Yuffie, um, might appreciate, um, overall very fun addition to the game. Uh, the next one on, our list is one that i really want to play also and i just haven't gotten around to it um but i've heard fantastic things uh ratchet and clank rift apart uh ty janet Jarrett, all of you played it what do you think
1: it fucks
0: um, Uh at first i thought you said it sucks and i'm like no, i know that fucks. that is a it's lie good.
1: it's good it's very good i liked it a lot
0: I was gonna say you were like so into that game.
1: No, I liked it a lot. Um, I did guides for it, and it was the least painful guiding experience I've ever had. But also good it. for other reasons. I
3: I'm not like super Russian and Clank guy, but um, a it's like if you bought it if you if you're one of the people with a PS5 and you've been waiting for something that makes you feel like it was worth buying. Uh, Clearly, this is the marquee title that has been shown since the PS5 was announced. Um, I think even then, like, it's all fidelity, really. I don't know that, and, you know, particle effects. There's lots of things going on. Like, you couldn't have as many enemies, couldn't have weapons shoot so many things at one time, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like some of the stuff that you kind of walk into Rift Apart thinking is going to happen isn't really happening. Like, you are traveling, you know, through these holes in space that are supposed to be dimensions. It's not like you're playing two levels that are, like, laid on to one another and you're jumping back and forth. Even though there is, like, a level that is specifically that. But mm-hmm. there's, like, a... There's an impression you get with the kind of things you'll be doing moment to moment in maybe some of these trailers. It isn't exactly what's happening in the game you're going to play. Um this is not a hang-up that I think would be a make-or-break situation for most people. I think, you know, something I thought was more like, I'm going to pass through a dimension and play in the, in the other world for a while is more like just a grappling hook. That's fine. I like grappling hooks. Um, this is, I like, as a person who's only played, like, two other Ratchet and Clank games, this felt a lot like those, and I like those too. I just don't know if this is, like, the... The, an evolution of that series, or just like a, one of those, because you haven't seen one in a long time. But. Yeah,
1: But I, I mean, but there was one that just came out in 2016, right? Is that when the PS4 one came out? Yeah, yep. that, was,
3: they, that was the remake of the first one, right?
1: Yeah, but they changed some stuff with it, because I know I went back and played the original one on my PS Vita, and I was like, oh, this is a little bit different than what they did with the PS4 one. Um, I think it kind of feels like a Hitman situation, almost, of, like, them doing the new, like, what's it called? Like, a reboot of the thing or whatever, especially because mm-hmm. they're not doing all of the, like, weird names as much anymore. Because um, there are a lot of... Yeah, they're
3: of not them. doing all the horny & names. Yeah. Oh,
4: yeah. yeah, the Size yeah. Matters and... Up your but yeah. that was part—that was part of the the ratcheting clan culture. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not yeah, going to say that I that necessarily that miss it. Gone, but though. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be rid of that. We can probably them. leave that. In the as a thing of the past. Uh, the first Ratchet yeah. & Clank game is called Ratchet & Clank. Um, I, I'm a, a longtime fan of the franchise. Uh, I did miss, though, the 2016 game, which, you know, again, it's the same game, but different. Like, it's, I think it's fine. It's yeah. Um Yeah. So I played a lot of the um, other ones. And yeah, my, my big beef with this uh, series, because it's one that, like, people continuously think I don't like. And I'm like, no, I enjoy... I love platformers. But it just... It has hit a ceiling for me. Uh, and I think it just has straight up hit a ceiling where it doesn't... It's not evolving uh, in a way that's super intriguing. Um, I still think it's a super fun game. I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm excited to see it through. Uh, looks gorgeous, uh, you know. It's it's Ratchet and Clank. That's it's a fantastic game. So it's not an indictment on the game. I think it's just that that franchise has been so good for so long. But it's I feel like it's becoming increasingly clear that there doesn't seem to be a meaningful evolution. And I think that is why. And we see this in a lot of platformers too. And that's what makes I think Mario so special, where You know, Mario, you can argue that like Sunshine maybe wasn't that good, or like people that like Galaxy versus maybe they don't like the the motion controls and things like that. But there's dimension and dynamics there. You know, Zelda has dimension and dynamics. I think Ratchet and Clank, not that Zelda's a platformer, but you know, Ratchet and Clank is a franchise where I know what I'm going to get and what I'm going to get's awesome. You know, it's like pizza, but unless you're in California, but it's like pizza where it's like, okay, it's going to be good, but it's not pushing the envelope. And at this point, I want to see Insomniac take it somewhere that they haven't taken it. Um, And I, I don't think this game is that from what I've played so far, but it's still gorgeous platformer. Great game. Definitely, you know, a must if you have a PS5, but I don't think it's really pushing the envelope. It's, you know, definitely no, if we're thinking reboot, it's no, like, how God of War really reinvented the wheel there. We're not seeing the the yeah. wheel reinvented, it's just a really good wheel. Yeah,
3: yeah I, I, seems... don't, I don't want to, you know, make that sound like that's bad. It's just... Yes. I, I noticed it, but as, as a person who doesn't play these games, maybe I'm missing something. But as a person who does play these games, I'm glad Janet agrees that this is kind of exactly what I expected maybe yeah. no more no it's
4: not a popular opinion I, though be warned <laughs> as you venture into the internet the thing, i think the
1: thing about it that stands out for me as being different is more the narrative stuff just because like a lot of the time these games don't have like the best stories um but like a lot of the stuff that happens especially with like rivet and clank is like really fucking good um and then like combining that with just like the fact that it's a game that's fun to play i was just like very on board with
0: it yeah it has charm for sure yeah that all i mean that all makes sense um i know andrew really really liked that one i watched him play quite a bit of it it's like it's really pretty those cutscenes look like like they're from a pixar movie it's wild um next game is scarlet nexus uh ty and janet you both played that one uh what are our feelings Anime.
1: Yeah, it's anime in ways I don't really like. Um,
3: I heard the combat rules, though.
1: The combat... I don't know why the combat sometimes feels a little funky to me in terms of like the targeting and stuff, but I have only played as the boy, so I don't know how it feels with the other character, the lady girl.
3: I've only played um, as the girl?
1: <laughs> I don't like that... Like the the plot doesn't make any fucking sense they're just like throwing a bunch of shit at you right off the bat but then like being very vague about like the actual stuff that matters you know like these monsters that are like constantly attacking the world and then they give you hints to like all of this boy's like family drama that's very intense but then they're just like yeah like i haven't talked to my dad in two years but now he's texting me and like that's fine and then i also just don't like the art style because none of the women look like adults And it is deeply irritating to me, especially because there's a storyline about how they specifically recruit children and, like, adults who are part of the, like, what I don't remember what it's called, the Scarlet Guardians or whatever the fuck ever, like, they're considered, like, lesser. So it's then very weird to me that, like, you cannot distinguish a lot of the female characters if they are children or not.
4: Yeah, I think that's a good thing to definitely point out, uh, which is a recurring problem. Uh, I don't have really any anime background, so I can't speak to the tropes or lack thereof in it. It just even without being into anime i'm like this is very anime mostly because the theme song hits really hard i'm like they're going in on this theme song um but for me uh, having spent a couple hours with it uh, i really enjoyed the combat again i'm a sucker for those abilities i just I'm like my telekinesis let's go like let's let's do this and i think the story so far i, I can't speak to the overall plot because i do think that's a little messy but the writing is i think serviceable um i know that's kind of uh people definitely have been split on that. Like, I've seen people say, like, the writing's terrible, like, it's really bad. And I'm like, I think it's fine. I don't think it's remarkable, but it's not distracting me with, like, oh, this is really cringy or really heavy-handed. I've been intrigued by you know going on like the side stuff and like you know getting to know the characters and building out my party and the way that you can like sort of leverage other characters abilities to like enhance your own i think is really fun so i'm excited to play through the rest of it um and and see how it ends up shaking out but uh, i enjoyed it more than i thought i would definitely another one that is not in my general wheelhouse but something that i I tried out and so far i've been enjoying it so we'll see if that remains true if i ever get around to
0: finishing it (laughs) Um, speaking of anime bullshit, <laughs> next on the list is, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. The original game did come out in, like, 2017, 2018, something like that, a few years ago. Um, I have Plus on here because it did add a bit more content. Um, I played through it, and then Jarrett looks like you did as well. I what were your play thoughts? all the way
3: through the Plus. I played the original mm. I don't think I've gotten to any of the new stuff yet.
0: Yeah, I I'm I'm the same way as you honestly. So it might be kinda a, hard to say.
1: Doki Doki came to Switch, right? Uh,
0: yes. Yes, yeah. Question mark. Oh yeah, it did. It did, because I saw that I remember the physical copies, what they look like.
1: I wonder how they're doing the ending thing then. Because you would have to do it a little bit differently, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. because you can't like Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah that's a big, that's a great question
0: I wonder if they maybe give you like a virtual desktop or something like that I, that's i because I can't i don't know because I mean yeah the game is very much one of those like meta games yeah. um where it fucks yeah, with I your files yeah stuff. i
1: don't know how you yeah i don't know how you could like you couldn't replicate that exactly on the switch i don't think
3: save data maybe
1: maybe they like, I don't like know. save maybe.
3: another thing in there i don't know
1: Anyway, we don't have to talk about that. It just crossed my mind.
0: Yeah, Uh-oh. no, and it's, it's kind of hard for us to even like, talk about it too much if we both didn't get to like tons of the plus content. Um, but yeah, it's, I, like from what I've seen that's been added, um, they're, they're all good editions, very solid editions. Um, maybe I'll play more of it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll have more to say when we get to actual Game of the Year talks. We will see. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 also came out in June. Doesn't look like any one of us played it. Um, I, I didn't hear too much about it. I don't know. Did, did y'all hear about it?
3: It, not, it's, it has not hit as hard as the first one is okay. the impression I'm getting.
4: Okay. Uh, the main thing I've yeah. heard about it is that uh, Casey over at IGN reviewed it and gave it an 8 out of 10 uh, and she said it was really good.
0: Mm.
4: Okay, and Casey is
0: like the monster hunter hunter. yeah Yeah. (laughs) like Like the definitive monster hunter fan
4: yeah and pokemon (laughs) so so, i mean i i do think yeah at the very least like if you're
0: interested in hearing thoughts i I think she's a great person to go to for that yeah for sure um so yeah if you want to check out her review, there you go um you should just follow casey too she's great yeah uh Grifflands is another one that came out. uh Janet and Ty, or I'm sorry, Jarrett and Ty. Same initials. It's hard. <laughs> uh Jarrett and Ty both played it. What did y'all think?
1: Grifflands is so
0: good.
1: I love Grifflands.
3: If you've tried to get into deck builders and it just hasn't happened for you yet, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I think Lance is different enough where this might be the one that can get you in because there's a lot of other both like active and engaging gameplay mechanics on top of the deck building but also like an a pretty good set of stories that could intrigue you otherwise. Now it's going to be difficult if you just want to play the story to kind of progress through it like there is to my, I I didn't see like a like a just a story narrative mode that could exist. I don't know, but you know, you will have to engage with the card building and, and playing at some level. So I don't want to say that you could brief breeze through it on like an easy mode and just get the story. I'm not sure that's true, but the, these, the characters, the three characters there's three different sort of stories that happen concurrently that you could choose. And they, and each of these stories, takes the deck building mechanic but also kind of adds a sort of character specific flavor to them. Um and usually you're some sort of, you know, anti-heroic kind of character who has who has a job to do and you have a set of days to do it. And you'll meet all the locals and they'll all have opinions about your job but also can have, you know, different avenues in which for you to execute this job. Um I think just the almost visual novely sort of writing is such is compelling enough to get anyone who's just kind of just there for that to get into the rest of it. Um, it's where, whereas I think Slay the Spire might be the most pure like good card like deck building experience you can probably have in this sort of realm, there is no other reason to play that except to build decks and play the game, whereas Griflens, I think, can get you in on everything else. If you like, you know, the story between the the labor class and workers versus the shitty, like, industrial class who exploits them, or if you kind of just want to follow a guy who got kicked out of his inheritance but wants to do whatever he has to do to get it back even if that means shitting on the rest of his family in hilarious and comical ways uh that's there for you too like it's it's such a vibrant and colorful game outside of the really good sort of pair of like deck building mechanics
1: yeah that's the other thing too is like i have always found slay this fire to be like kind of visually ugly like i don't really care for how it looks Whereas like Grifflands is a little bit ugly, but it's purposeful in that it's reflecting this very grimy, um, you know, cutthroat world where it very much is like about, you know, the struggles between classes and whatnot. But it's also very honest about the fact that like, hey, a lot of people are in these like shades of gray between Um and also a lot of the planets that you're on are kind of, like, fucked up. Or, well, I guess the planet that you're on, you're only on one planet with the three characters. But there's, like, gross swamps and stuff, but it's all very visually interesting and, like, fun, and all the characters are very dynamic.
3: And for the the light touch you have with most of these sort of factions, they all feel like they've been there forever, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, the gross swamps are gross, but there are people who live in that swamp and pray to the things inside the swamp. And you may not ever interact with them directly, but you'll interact with the people who do, right? Like, you, that can be depending, like, you might have to walk through the swamp to get to one place or the other. You might meet a guy just in the swamp hanging out. You might only meet him once, but you know that he is, like, he is just a tip of an iceberg that you can choose to, you know, follow the body of or just walk by. And there's so much of that that always feels rewarding if you want to turn and then ask more questions. Uh, There's always answers and the answers maybe aren't always like mind blowing or really always interesting, but, you know, they're always thinking like every part of this has been written so that there is something on the other side. People live here. They live here, whether you got here or not, and they'll live here after you leave. Um, That's such a sort of attention to detail and storytelling. That I don't want to say it goes miss because it, it doesn't really. Everyone tries, but it's just you never get to interact with it so thoroughly like you can in Griffland.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I on that. Switch, so
0: <laughs> I feel like um, deck builders are really good for Switch, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm I also love, like the I person deck
1: builder on Switch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm also the person who thinks that like. Everything should be on Switch. I don't know. I don't play like big like triple A like actiony type games really much on them, but like I don't know. A lot of like PC games or indie games, uh deck builders, stuff like Lupera, like I'm like, put it on Switch. <laughs> um and to me that sounds like it would be a good one for it. Uh last but not least in June, we have Guilty Gear Survive, which Jarrett played. Uh what do you got to say about it?
3: I just might put Strive here. I didn't know if anyone else played it. I know it was one of the it's a fighting game, and they—that's a neat. It, like the fighting games have found like a another breath and sort of a big following, modernly. But it's still like one of the smallest niches in games. Really, we're just we just have Twitter now, so we can be loud about it. Um, I love it. The Guilty Gear is a difficult game; it always has been, but these are the easiest of the good difficult Guilty Gear games. Um, I'm still no good at it, but as with many. Uh, arc system works games. It's one of the best looking games t- to watch, uh, because they've mastered this two D three D sort of anime thing that made Dragon Ball Fighters such a hit because it looks so great. Um, this is just better than this is that, but better. Um, Evo is happening like as we're recording this, so it has it's had its first big sort of outing today and tomorrow. Um, I'm excited for a future where Gu- Guilty Gear is not you know a b-tier fighting game that people don't talk about because they'd rather talk about street fighter or Tekken. you know the other the, the popular mm-hmm. ones i'm glad guilty gear gets to be one of the popular ones now
0: that is cool um i'm glad that i'm glad that it's kind of picking up traction because it's been around for a while right like right. the series Forever. it's been
3: around since the 90s yeah
0: yeah that's what i thought so that's pretty cool um and that moves us into July. Uh the first game is one that once again, I feel like I've said this for a lot of games, but I really really want to play this one. I feel like finishing chicory and then this game are probably like up on my priority list. Uh and that's Death's Door. Um and it looks like Kayla, Jarrett and Janet y'all played it. I'm going to let y'all take it away. Kayla, you want to start us off?
2: Yeah. Um I want to say that I um did not finish it, I'm probably not even halfway through, but I'm having a lot of fun uh I don't know why i'm so I'm playing on p c and I am having a little bit of graphics issues while I'm playing, so I don't know if that is happening for anybody else, but um, it's a fairly new game, so like I'm not like hating on on that, but yeah, it's cute. you play a little a little rogue bird and you're going around. And it's basically like a, like a little dungeon crawler. Like, I don't know. It's fun. It's great. I don't really know how else to describe the game if anybody else wants to like take over that, but I'm having fun with it. I like the characters They give me big, like, uh, studio Ghibli vibes. Um, everybody that you interact with so far is like creepy, but also really interesting. I'm currently on the, like the first boss, like the, the, like grandma lady right now. That's where I'm at right now. Um I'm about to fight her and it's it's a good time, yeah.
3: It's extremely two D Zelda. Like, yeah. If that's that's it. Played any of those games, Link to the Past or anything like that, you this will be very familiar. Um, almost to the point where like all the tools are Link's tools. So you have bow, it's a little bomb layer, a little grapple hook guy. You push You solve little, like, platforming and uh, environmental puzzles to open doors. A little bit more weapon variety as you go along. Lots of secret things to find. Um, There's a whole second game after it, after you beat the first game. um, That is just, it's the same game, but kind of like a different, everything's altered. Uh, I just learned about it like a couple days ago. I kind of put it down, and then someone told me, "Yeah, you should go play at night." And I'm like, "What does that mean?" And then they kind of gave me a link to like a a walkthrough. It's like this is how you go night night. So once you wait,
2: so it's after you beat the game. It's like a new game plus, or it's a completely different. It's mode? It's the same
3: game, but you can go to a particular place, and it turns from day to night. And now all of those levels have different intera- different things to do at night
2: Ooh.
3: so it, it operates functionally like a new game plus because you you play you can't really access it until after beating the game, but it isn't like a new save. You just kind of go to a place and then a whole different thing happens.
0: That's pretty cool
3: yeah, I haven't gotten really much cute. into it yet, but it's really it is very much a a lot.
2: I like that it's like it starts out as like kind of like a, a noir, but then it opens up into like very colorful. Again, I I I don't know why I'm just gonna keep Studio gibbling it, but that's just like the vibes that I get from it. Um, well,
3: especially the Urn Witch, the First Lady is like very much yeah, right. like, like she looks whole just face. like
2: what is it, Yubaba, right? Is that that right? Yeah,
4: like that's you can't you can't tell me it's not Yubaba. <laughs> I mean, obviously, right. like they do they are very much doing something separate but i think the influence is is pretty clear. Um i also like the uh you know you mentioned like the noir look that's also the the look of the sort of office and the base. Um i think that conceit is just generally really enjoyable for me like i love when there's something as mundane as office work, but with like a odd, almost supernatural twist to it. I mean, that's very much what Loki was, what control was like. It, it kind of leans into those elements. And I think coming back to the base, too, and getting to explore like the office that you I forgot the name of the the Company for lack of a better term that you you know your your job is to collect souls as, as in Death Store. that is your whole gig is this little crow and you come back and you can kind of explore more areas within that and that's also where you do your um, upgrades so like it's it is very very Zelda but also uh, has those RPG elements directly uh, integrated with that uh, and that basically kind of also reminds me of Hades how you keep coming back to like that same area it's not quite doing the same thing but it feels a little bit reminiscent of it I feel like this game is like do you want to play a roguelike but have it not be different every time and also you don't literally have to do it all over again because you have this kind of checkpointing system where you do have these um, kind of small runs within the process so I I like that because it is difficult but it feels manageable because of the checkpointing system where you have like these doors that connect you to the office versus like the uh, main area that you're actually doing your adventure in. Uh, I've really been enjoying this game. I am still not done with it. I'm, I'm about Four or six hours in, which makes it sound like I'm pretty far, but I'm not that far. I only i I fought the grandma character, and I'm kind of a uh, partway into the next area. uh My only real gripe about it is I feel like you could have had a map, and it would have been it would have been nice to have a map.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely mm-hmm. times, especially because most of these the three different environments you go through kind of wrap up similar ways. You have, you have to do the same thing in them, but you have to get to those goals differently. Like, you have to find, you know, some souls to open a door, and then you have to, you know, from there go find the boss. And you do, you spend a lot of time, like, just running in circles and and screens that look, like, vaguely familiar, trying to find the one thing you forgot to do or the one thing that's opened up now that you have a new item or whatever. And a map would have, like, saved so many hours of doing that. Yeah. That,
4: or just even, like, better telegraphing. Like, even just after I did the. I was close to the first boss, but then like I had stopped playing and then I came back and I'm like, where do I go? And like, once I figured it out, it was like, Oh, that makes sense. But I'm like, there's not any, I'm like, sometimes you can just have an NPC say, Hey, by the way, you know, like it needs a little bit of that element just to, to catch anyone that might have missed. NPC
3: was like, Hey man, you should go through that door.
4: Right. But I guess no one else knows what you're doing narratively. So I kind of get why, but like, it just feels like something was left hanging on that, on that regard where I, I do am totally fine with not having a map for the sake of wanting player exploration. But I think in Death's Door, trying to push me to it, you're not really pushing me to explore. You're pushing me to get frustrated and figuring out what the main path is that actually deters me from exploring. So I feel like it could have been mm-hmm. done in some way, even just like if we look at Zelda as the blueprint, you can find a lot of games like that. You can find a map and then, you know, it's like it, I think something could have been done. Spend souls on a map, something like i think doing nothing was probably not the best uh way to go in my opinion on
0: this one that makes sense um hmm, yeah good things to to know going into it it's one that i hopefully am gonna start in the next couple weeks uh and speaking of zelda like games uh legend of zelda skyward sword came out uh the remaster at least uh it looks like i'm the only one who played that um I don't know. So the, the controls like are not great on Switch. Uh, I'm having a lot of, I, I don't know, I'm just kind of struggling with it. I feel like if you, if you have the motion controls turned off, um, you have to hold down a button to move your camera because the other, because if you just move the right stick it moves your sword not your camera um and that leads to a lot of frustration uh, because you'll be fighting and so you're swinging your sword but you can't tilt your camera any direction so you have to stop fighting and switch to holding the button so you can move your camera uh which is not great. And then if you do have the motion controls on now that the switch doesn't have like a sensor bar, it becomes uncalibrated so easily. I feel like I'm constantly having to recenter, which like luckily to recenter is not too bad. You just kind of hit like two buttons at the same time. Um, But I have to do it constantly (laughs) uh, because my camera will just start to drift off to the side. So that's been kind of frustrating. It's a really great game. I think that the controls really hinder it. Like I loved that game when it came out on Wii U. Um, And I like even going back and playing like the beginning parts of the story, I'm like, Oh yeah, this game was like actually like real good. And you can see how it is a direct predecessor, literally and just metaphorically to, to Breath of the Wild. Like it, it really it was like all there like in retrospect looking at it it's it's all there um so it's been really fun to play but like i said controls kind of a bummer um the next one on the list is raptor boyfriend which is one that ty played uh ty how's raptor boyfriend
1: it's pretty good um it's a dating sim set in the 90s where you play as a character who uh, is moving to a very small town called Ladle in, like, middle-of-nowhere Canada, and she's moving from a big city, and kind of in an inverse of, like, the normal, like, oh, moving to a big city, from a big city to a small town, that's gonna suck. Like, she's really excited about it, because she spent a lot of summers in her childhood there, and she and her dad are now moving there because her grandmother passed away, and so they inherited the house. Uh... And, yeah, so she's going to do her senior year at the local high school there, and she's kind of this, like, insecure dork uh, who wants to try and have a fresh start at this school, and then along the way she meets these three characters who are uh, the potential romance options. Um, And a lot of the, like, side character story is very, very good. I think the main character, Stella, is a little bit too focused on, like, Dating, which, like, I get to a degree because, like, who doesn't love a Tina Belcher character? But, like, a lot of her, she doesn't have a lot of personality outside of it. Whereas, like, the other characters, like, you, the collectibles for them are each something that they're interested in. And, you know, they all have this, like, very different kind of emotional shit going on in the background of their lives um, that you kind of find out about. Um, and they just, yeah, they just feel a lot more fleshed out in a lot of ways, but it's cool because a lot of the romance stuff that you, like, think is gonna happen and a lot of the kind of tropey stuff, uh, doesn't happen, and it's very well-written and, uh, largely well-executed, I would say.
0: Okay, that's cool. And they, and they are raptors, correct?
1: One of them is. Oh, okay,
0: one of them. Are there other boyfriends
3: that aren't raptors?
1: Yes, there's, um, so the whole thing with it is that, like, um... The town that she moves to is, like, a town that cryptids openly live in, so the titular raptor boyfriend is one of them, and then there's also a Bigfoot and, like, a fairy, um, okay. and then there, there are, like, mentions of other, uh, cryptid, you know, like, supernatural creatures around, and, like, you see a few, um
0: that's kind of fun i didn't know that that was i like i assumed that it was like there was one boyfriend and it was a raptor so i didn't know it was like a cryptid thing
1: yeah no there is two boyfriends and a girlfriend uh and only one of them is a raptor
0: okay yeah i did not know that that's pretty cool
3: sorry reptile fans (laughs) (laughs)
0: I also
1: think Rocket Adrift does really, like, cool art. I really like their uh, visual style, and this, I think, is really emphasized by that. It It sounds
0: so familiar. What else do they do? Uh,
1: They did the one that I wrote about Order a Pizza.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Um, Well, that one sounds cute. Uh, The next one on the list is one that... One sec. Okay, the next one on the list is one that I have started. I'm not super far into it. I don't know how far you are, Jarrett, because it says that you've played it too. Um, and that's Chris Tales, which is kind of this uh like turn based uh RPG. Well, I don't know. Is it I, I haven't played it a ton, but it's turn based, um, and the whole gimmick is it's like a kind of like a pseudo-time travel type thing. Uh, your screen is split into three sections, the past, present, and future, and that in, that applies to combat, too. Like, you can, um, I don't know, like, throw poison at a monster, right, and then go to the future, and because it was poisoned and time has passed, that monster is just automatically dead. Um, so it has, like, it, it's kind of, it has a cool gimmick to it, and it very much feels like... Very traditional RPG ish. Um, how how do you feel about it, Jarrett?
3: It does in ways. I think part of part of the issue with it is this time travel mechanic. I guess a. I mean, it works different ways. So, like, if you look at the art, any any screenshot of this game, you'll see that the screen is kind of separated into thirds. Um, the center is where you're playing presently. The left is that place in the past and the right is that place in the future. Mm. Um, when you're walking through towns and and figuring out like puzzles and stuff you can there there is interaction with the past and the future to make the present to solve a present goal. So like if someone was at the town shop before but they aren't here now, you can go into the past to when they were, for example. Um if you need a tree, I think in the beginning, you need a tree to grow, you need a fruit off of it, you plant the seed in the present, go into the future and harvest that fruit and come back to the past with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is interesting. The the mm-hmm. combat itself, though, you can't really dictate like where like any random battle, the monsters are kind of just arranged randomly, so you can't determine who is going to be on the left or on the right. And that means you can only interact with people on the left by going into the past, and only interact with people on the right by going into the future. And the, those things do not—you cannot switch those things. So, like,
0: yeah, I'm glad the, you brought that up because that was something I thought was kind of weird too.
3: Like the scope of your ability is is, is basically based on where your mo- where the monsters are, and so that is a really cool gimmick, like sort of way to manipulate. Poison that you learned early, that you can like plant a seed and like go in the past, and, or pl- go in the past, plant a seed, and come to the present, and it grows. um But you get can, you can't do that if they're in the future already. So like you have to find other ways to sort of try to get those tactics out. But you, since you can't really determine which monsters end up where, you're limited by uh, in what you can do based on a factor you really had no control over. So you find that a lot of these sort of random battles, you kind of just are doing normal attacks anyway, because it's the most efficient way to get through them. Um, The bosses kind of play with the mechanic more thoroughly, and those are good. But like, it does feel like kind of like a grind to get there normally. And I feel like you're often not being able to play to your potential because it just of where the monster is. And and there's no way to manipulate mm-hmm. that. I feel the same way. I I think there are there are RPGs that kind of make it work that have kind of similar issues. Like I would say, you know, Chrono Trigger kind of famously had that issue where a lot of attacks, especially your like team up attacks, have location based sort of effectiveness, but you can't affect where the monsters are. So this tri blade thing you're doing may hit them all or may not hit them all, but that's those are just the breaks, I guess. Um, I feel like that works in you know nineteen ninety five and it doesn't really work for me in twenty twenty one i I put about i want to say five or six hours in um I like the game I feel like hour ten of that game probably rules. I just have not found the motivation to get there personally
0: yeah it's one that I have kind of promised myself i'm gonna play on stream, so I put like a couple hours into it um for a first stream and i 'm gonna come back to it on. Monday or I guess once this comes out, I you probably saw me if you're if you watch our streams, maybe play more of it this past Monday. Um and like I'm excited to to get into it more. I think that it could do a lot of like really clever and cool things, but I agree with everything that you've said, Jarrett. Um I also feel like, and this is something that after I played it, I kind of wrote like a small thread on Twitter about, I think that the lack of accessibility options in that game, like really, really sucks because it is time-based and combat. And I can't foresee like you being able to get that far in that game without like being able to perfect that timing. Um, because if you are not like when I did the first boss, um, If you're not parrying her or, I guess, their attacks. Oh, yeah. I
3: forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, Because you have to parry. Like, if you time it right, you can do two slashes with your sword or whatever, like, whenever you hit. And then you also have to time it right to parry. And, like, if you don't get the timing right, you're just going to be, like, fuck. Like, you're going to take so much damage. Mm -hmm. Like, that is. You have to at least be parrying it 50% of the time at least. Yeah, it's, like, imperative
3: Uh, to not just get murdered by this. And it it gets more and more important as you go on.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what I assumed. I was like, I can only foresee this being something that gets more important. And there is no way to, like widen the amount of time that you have to respond. There is no way to turn that off completely. There is no way to, to like, have it auto-assist. Like, there is nothing you can do. So if you have any sort of, like, struggles with, with like timing or, like, any sort of motor disability, like, that game is gonna be a nightmare to play. And that's something where, like, Eichenfell did the same thing last year as far as having, like, required timing. It's a turn-based battle system, but you have like, the parrying and the, the critical attacks and stuff like that. But you can turn that off. and so it's kind of disappointing to see, you know, like this really beautiful, really fun game, because um, it is beautiful too. the art's gorgeous., um, and I'm just like thinking the whole time I'm like, man, like even for me, like you know, I kind of got it down a little bit more, but like I was still, you know, fucking up like every few turns. So I don't know. It just that would be that would be a huge struggle for people. so that was kind of a bummer.
3: I don't even think um, that the base amount of signal it gives you to to counter, even if it even like barring the fact that you should be able to just kind of turn those things off, you know, if you can't do them or don't want to do them. The the cues it gives you to react to it aren't even great. Like you, you no. don't see the attack; it doesn't give you a visual cue in a way that like more actiony games would. Mm -hmm. To the point where it doesn't seem like like a great excuse not to even do that. Like something should be flashing. Somebody should be, you know, Mm -hmm. winding up a little bit more or something like that. Like
0: Yeah, there's there's no visual Yeah, for sure. There's no visual cue. There's no audio cue. And then like if it's the first time that person has ever done that move, like there's one uh at the beginning where it's kind of like this like I don't know, a little, like, fire explosion that goes, like, boom, 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 as it gets closer to you, and then it hits, but even so, like, it's not, it kind of goes a little bit slower than I think you would expect it to, so it's, like, it's just weird, like, if you've never seen that move before, you don't know exactly when it's going to hit you, so you're, like, kind of just, like, waiting to hit it right before it hits I don't know, it's just very weird, like, timing is very important in that game, and it's kind of frustrating, um, But anyway, (laughs) uh, I'm going to talk about a game that's not frustrating because it takes a genre that usually is and makes it way easier. Uh, And that's Pokemon Unite, which is a Pokemon MOBA, which is something I did not see coming, but works, in my opinion. Uh, Ty, Jarrett, Kayla, y'all played it. What do you think?
1: I love it. (laughs)
0: It's
2: good. I... Have never played a MOBA before. I don't think that I would be great at it because, like, I played. Like, what would you? What what genre is Overwatch?
1: Hero shooter.
2: Here, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I was gonna say, like, I've played games like like that where you there is like a meta to like characters that you pick and like how that affects the game and you know, um, being able to know which teams to build based on the characters. But like, I've never played an actual MOBA before and. It's like a baby MOBA, and it's Pokemon, and we love Pokemon, and it's so cute and fun, and I have spent too much real money on this game <laughs> that's supposed to be free, and that's kind of the point of the game is they got to you. <laughs> steal all your money, exactly, um, but it's fun. It's great, and it's fun to play with friends, too. I just wish uh, Nintendo would one day fix their like yeah. party system, <laughs> but it is very fun to play with with friends and do like a couple quick matches um but yeah
1: yeah i love how short it is i love how simple it is like i've played a little bit of league with monty and andrew and like it's just there's so much going on that you have to be aware of like in the actual playing of a match and also matches can go for like 30 minutes whereas like a pokemon unite match is 10 minutes um and that rules and also, like, it's just, okay, you score goals on your opponents and you try to stop them from scoring goals on you. Here are different Pokemon that give you different effects. Have fun. Um, yeah,
0: and it's, like, it's not quite, like, something like D- like Dota is the MOBA that I have the most familiarity with. Like, in those games can last an hour, so they're just much, much longer. Um, and then on top of that, you have to, when it comes to Pokemon Unite, Like, the actual build of your character is very simplistic. It's, like, you get to choose between, like, a couple different moves. Um, And then in your main menu, you can equip items onto your Pokémon that kind of help. um, And you can upgrade those items so that they're more useful. Like, there's one that gives you, like, a small HP boost or, like, better regeneration. You know, stuff like that. Um, Whereas, like, something like Dota, you have to basically be, like, watching videos on the correct build for each character that you play. So you know what to... Because it's not only just, like... Like, you get money as you play Dota, and then you have to go back to the shop, and you have to buy certain pieces of, like, armor or equipment so that you can, like, slowly boost up your stats as you play the game, or else you're just going to get steamrolled. Um, and, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's very complicated. Um, whereas, you know, with Pokemon Unite, you don't have to worry about a very complicated, stressful hour of time passing by. <laughs> um, very, very straightforward.
3: And you can feel the effects of, like, a decision you make in a build sort of way immediately. Where, like, as you said, yes. in something like Dota or League, you have to buy an item knowing that you'll have to buy more items to turn the, that item into a different item. And hopefully mm-hmm. by the time you get that item, you're at a certain level so that all the power stuff, all the numbers line up so you're doing what you should be doing at that minute. That is not how Pokemon Unite works. Unite takes... A more take his cube from something like Heroes of the Storm, which is supposed to be sort of a, a a more narrowing of that meta side of, um, MOBAs where you don't have to buy gear for these characters. Every so every so many levels, you get a new ability, or you get to change. In Heroes specifically, you already have all your abilities, but every every couple levels, you get to alter one of those abilities in some way, so it changes its usefulness. Um, Arthas has like a skull thing he throws a skull thing, he does damage or he heals himself. At level 5 he does more damage or he can heal other people with it, that kind of stuff Um, Pokemon Unite does that too, I think where Pokemon Unite kind of needs to do a little more is that you don't know what any of the stuff actually does like it kind of just says this does damage Um, but you don't know how much damage, so like should I be taking this over this? Uh like what what are the factors there are some of these some Pokemon don't really have enough differences
1: mm-hmm.
3: like being described to you to know what's better versus like why would I take one versus the other. Um also I think it's kind of silly and hilarious that you can't check the score during a game. That seems like oh, that seems like you a know, weird miss.
0: I thought I it was weird too, like but it. I kinda I kinda like it. Like I kind of not because I don't know, like, you can tell overall, like, if you're doing, like, real bad, right? But, like, when it's down to the wire... And they do tell you when you're
3: getting getting destroyed, they'll let you know.
0: Yeah, but it's kind of nice because I feel like it keeps everybody trying because you don't know how big that difference is.
1: Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's so many ways that you can flip a game and, like, it would be so much easier to strategize, like, which way you wanted to do that if you actually knew, like, how much ground you had to make up.
3: And I think it gives it like we the the big thing out of the launch of that game was that Zapdos is like mega overpowered. It's like, oh, absolutely. It's like you, you have to win Zapdos if you're going to win the game. And that doesn't and that's probably still true whether you put a scoreboard up or not, but I think it's knowing how important it is to you uh would be well, vital. That, like yeah. if, if you're 200 points mm-hmm. down, like yeah, you need Zapdos. Um, yeah,
1: well it also lets you know like how aggressively do you need to be on defense and Right like
0: yeah and it's scoreboard damn it (laughs) yeah the zapdos thing is definitely by far the most frustrating thing and like anytime i bring up harry potter i always have to add in fuck jk rowling she's a turf uh but anyways to to bring in uh a weird like a weird way that it does remind me of like harry potter though is it's like with quidditch right like where technically if you get the golden snitch you don't win but like you win you know what i mean Mm -hmm. unless you have like a shit ton of points
2: No. no listen This is the only time I will interject about anything because I have too much Harry Potter lore in my brain. And uh, yeah, fuck, fuck JK Rowling, fuck TERFs. Um, But in book four, in the Quidditch World Cup, (laughs) what happened? Uh, (laughs) Bulgaria got the snitch, but Ireland still won because
0: they had more points. Well, yeah, because it's only worth 150 points. But at the same time, like, there has to be such a great disparity. And that's what I'm saying is, like, I'm not saying that you like you can get Zapdos and still not win. But like at the same time, it tilts it so much in your favor. It's like overwhelming. Yeah, I just want it to be obnoxious for a second. (laughs) I I agree. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like, I mean, because if you get Zapdos, like, let's say an average game goes to like 400 points, right? Like something like that. If you get him, like three people on your team all have like 300 points. So it's like you can just like, go. you can completely change how the game goes. And so it's it's very, very broken. And I wish that they would fix it. Um, But it's still fun. It is still fun. Yeah, I really do enjoy playing it. Um, I haven't gone back to it in a few weeks, but I, uh, I should do that again. I haven't since, uh, since Ty was here. We were, we played way too much of it. it
1: was
0: um, lot. yeah. Uh, last. Today. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> last so. but not least in July, uh, the great Ace Attorney Chronicles came out, uh, which is just a pack of the Phoenix Wright games, uh. I have not touched it yet. It doesn't look like any of us have. I have heard they're very fun games. I've heard that they're a little, um, I don't know, like they very like kind of almost idle. Like you don't have to do a ton like through certain parts. Um, But I still want to pick them up and I want to try them at some point. Uh, I've heard that they're a good time. And that brings us to August, which is uh, the month that we're currently in. So I swear, everybody, we are we're getting there uh the first game on the list for august is boyfriend dungeon which i ty kayla and monty have all been playing so i've seen so many text messages about best boys and best girls and best thems and uh this game so i'm gonna let y'all kind of take it away and i know janet you're playing too yeah i just started it yesterday i think how are you liking it so far
4: it's solid. You know, it's funny enough, I love story games and I love visual novels, but I think this is actually my first dating sim game. So I'm like, oh, I haven't Ooh. actually played the genre, but I am. I have read while playing a game before. So I think the skills transfer over. Um, I'm enjoying <laughs> it all right so far. It's not blowing my mind, mainly because I think the dungeons leave a little to be desired. But I really like the genre mashup, and I think it's very cool that they have... Uh, incentivized doing the dating sim part to make the dungeon crawling better and kind of vice versa. Like, I think they both service each other really well, which is cool because they seem like two things that not necessarily wouldn't go together, but like, it's like one of those combinations where you're like, oh, like whoever put chocolate and peanut butter together first, right? It's like, oh, this this hits. Like, this ends up working. You know, two good things combining into something that's also good. Um, Other than that, I am very early on. I've only met like, two almost three of the people there's like the fuck boy dude who's like super hot and has amazing abs and then there's like eric and then there's uh oh the other dude the like main guy who's like the oh i'm gonna teach you how to like play the game slash like oh maybe you can sleep with me tbd that dude oh isaac yes, yes. isaac and then there's um i did meet um, Was it Valeria, Valerie, Val something? Yes, Valeria. Yeah, but I haven't seen what she looks like yet because I didn't see her. But then I did see her in someone else's stream. So, um, so she's hot. Oh, everyone's hot. Pretty well, (laughs) maybe not. Okay, everyone's meant to be attractive in some generalized way, right? Like I think you know, people should be pretty. Um. But yeah, and I like the um the like small details of it so far. Like I like the fact that you can go shopping. I like the fact that you can craft. Um, so I'm interested in seeing those things play out. Um, I'm playing on Switch, and definitely something that I actually do want to bust out the pro controller for, just because I think the dungeon movements a little n- imprecise in a sense. And I, I was doing it with split Joy-Con at first, and it, it felt a little too unwieldy. So it did start to feel better when I used like a proper controller. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm mainly playing with isaac in terms of the sword and that is a very parry uh oriented weapon at the beginning and i cannot parry and the parry is also very weird because the parry is like hold the dodge and i'm like why i've never seen the game do that and i think that's for good reason so (laughs) uh, maybe i'll have to find a weapon where i won't have to parry because i suck at parrying but yeah
2: yeah i completely finished it last night i need to see the full hour breakdown because i feel like i probably got around like. 10 to 11 hours in and finished it. And when I say completely, I I didn't get every achievement, but I damn right like should have. Like <laughs> I have gone through the dungeons like multiple times and I maxed out all the the characters and everything. Um I completely agree Janet about like there is definitely something to be desired, right? Like I I think the dungeons could could have been a little bit more interactive or just something something better could have happened there but it was it's just a lot of fun it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed my time with it and i am excited to see if more people take up this route of like combining the games like this because this is like perfectly up my alley is like a dungeon crawler but also like a dating sim packed in one um after playing with every weapon um and maxing all the weapons out um my boyfriend uh seven is my favorite so far uh k-pop star we love him um but yeah I, i there's a lot of discourse right now happening on the game as well um and you know i i really i don't really know the the like the right way to talk about this um without being like non-empathetic because i i really do empathize with people who are playing the game and who are feeling really triggered and like don't like some of the subject matter um but uh i really do like that this game tackles uncomfortable subjects um especially subjects that like a lot of marginalized folks have to deal with and they're telling it in a story that they want to tell and there is a content warning that they have updated today and said Mm -hmm. that they will kind of um Make it a little bit more specific with the content warning, which I think is a good um, a good thing to do. But uh, please don't harass devs for telling the story they want to tell, because that's really not cool. And I'm sorry that this game wasn't for you, but um, I
0: I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to get to playing it. Yeah. I, uh, once again, hopefully one that I'll get around to in the next couple days. Um, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, another one that just came out is Garden Story, which looks adorable. And I really want to play that one too. Uh, Janet, it looks like you started that one. How are you feeling about it?
4: Um, I'm kind of in the middle of the road on it so far. I do want to continue because I think it's uh, really cute and I like the premise of it. I, again, this falls into... So for those who don't know Garden Story, it's um, essentially like an, I think, adventure RPG uh, with a good amount of sim elements in terms of like having tasks to do. And the premise is that you're... I think it's the Guardian. I, again, I just played it yesterday, so I might be a little uh, a little fl- like hazy on some of the details, but you're kind of taking care of this... Town slash, uh, connections of towns and you're trying to like sort of reunify the community into making the world or area a better place and you're like fighting against like the rot that's kind of come in and, and affected the garden and things like that. So that's basically it. You have a, so far, again two, only like two hours in, uh, you do have like a weapon and stuff and you can like buy additional weapons and upgrade. It seems like it might have like some crafting stuff at some point um, but I like it as far as the sim elements of it. I think the combat is a a little bit on the boring end, but it's also really early and because it has that RPG element, like, you have a a cooldown on your weapons where you, like, run out of stamina and you only get two, like, stamina hits initially and I already upgraded to a third, so, like, I do think that will get better over time, but it's one of those things where you're dropped in and it is it is a kind of slow start and it is a little bit dull partially in part because you're just beginning but i think that can be kind of difficult uh, in terms of onboarding folks but i like the loop so far of waking up every day it does have like a day night cycle uh, of waking up and then looking at the board it's very much like how there's the animal crossing board except instead of just like messages from people it's like what your to-do list is like requests and they mentioned they're very up- upfront about like oh you don't have to do these requests, but like it would help with like the village, you know, so I'm like, OK, so I, I am doing the re- all the requests and they're things like collect X amount of this resource or um, fix this bridge. And they they are a little bit repetitive, but it's still kind of working for me um, in a game like this. Again, it's sort of like hit or miss for. What makes a repetitive task not feel boring? Like, that secret sauce is really hard to pin down, and I'm not sure that they got it, but I so far am still invested in doing the stuff. You get money for doing the tasks, and then I'm like, okay, I have my eye on this new, like, upgrade for my weapon and getting these other elements, and uh, it is very cute, and everyone's, like, different uh, foods and fruits and things, so I'm gonna stick with it and see how it progresses. Uh, And they have, like, cosmetics in it and stuff, too, so definitely has a lot of charm, but a bit of a slow start that I'm not sure is going to pick up to the degree that I might need it to.
0: Uh, But this early on, I'm interested
4: in seeing more of it.
0: Yeah, how those like incentives, I guess, kind of keep you going. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, Another game that stealth dropped next to uh, Boyfriend Dungeon and Garden Story was Axiom Verge 2. It doesn't look like any of us played it yet, but um, that's one to, to keep an eye out on. For sure. Um, We also have Button City that just came out. Um, I know. So Janet, do you want to talk about your feelings on it first? And then we'll kind of get into the rest of it. (laughs) Sure. Uh, The game itself. uh, It's solid. Uh,
4: I I did review it and I gave it a a three out of five for good. Uh, I was borderline between good and okay. Because again, I think it my biggest gripe with the game itself is that your character moves super slow, which sounds like very nitpicky. But in a game that's about going around and talking to people and doing these like sort of uh monotonous quest lines of like you know get one item bring it back whatever you know it's it's very like run of the mill quest structure the slow down pacing can really start to like wear on you Like there's one point where you're going up an apartment building, but it has a winding staircase and like time just stands still as you go back and forth Mm -hmm. between two apartments. And I've definitely heard that from other people as well. But what I do really like about it is um, all of like the layers and systems within it. So the premise is it's an adventure game. You're new to town. You're, um, you know, linking up with this group and they want to you know win at Goabots, which is like the most popular game in the arcade but then another conflict arises where it's like i think the arcade might be shutting down so you're sort of investigating you're like kids though so it's the investigation is very like we're gonna hide behind a bush and you know maybe we can we can maybe we can raise money to save the arcade with like a lemonade stand right where it's like that's not realistic but they're kids so like this is in their head like their big contribution so you have like that kind of um like, childhood lightness to it. Uh, Meanwhile, there's also, like, arcade games you can play. There's uh, three. One's a rhythm game. One's GoaBots, which is basically, like, um, I guess maybe it'd be, maybe, like, an MMO. I'm not really sure. Um, And then the other one is a racing game. And those can, like, have, you know, variants in them if you, like, get certain items. Um, I will say some of the systems aren't as, I guess you're not as pulled into using them. Like, I didn't feel compelled to, like, add buffs or debuffs to, like, my arcade experience because I'm like, oh, these are just more, like, cute little mini games than like a game I really want to you know dive all the way into but uh, I would say the art direction's gorgeous and it was enough that I did do some of the side stuff because I was charmed by the world which uh, is kind of like a series of stacked dioramas that you get to jump between Um, and the story was fairly cute so I think it's it's a solid game I don't think it's like to die for or an absolute must play but ultimately I landed on it being a good game that I think if you like that genre uh, it might be a game that you would enjoy.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm bummed because like I, I did want to play it. I just like the whole the, once all that shit came out. I was like, oh, but uh, the next game on the list is 2D and Top D, which is another one that you played, Janet. How, how was that one?
4: Yeah, that one's uh, really good. I, I mean, I did score it the same Like I gave it a three out of five, but it was definitely like a more confident three out of five. Um, just because uh, I think it's really well constructed in terms of puzzles. So, if you're not familiar, and this was, I think, at a few kind of indie showcases around that E3 time space, but it is a uh, part two D platformer and part top down puzzler. So you have these character, the titular characters, two D and top D, where two D can platform left to right traditionally, and top D is um, from top down and sort of solving puzzles. And you're both working together to get through to the end of a level, which is like represented by a little orb. So it's a one screen kind of per level game. And you have like different mechanics that build on this, like, okay, now this will introduce like enemies and maybe you can use these enemies to like, you can, you know, get them to step on a button that you need to like open a gate that you need to get a key that you need to unlock the things surrounding the orb. So it kind of builds in that way. And I just think they're incredibly well designed and fairly challenging. I was hella stuck on several of these. Um, and then but whenever I found out the solution, I never felt like, oh, that was silly. Like, how would you expect me to do that? Like, it always felt like, all right, that's fair enough. <laughs> Um, And yeah, it was just a really enjoyable game. If you like puzzle games, I think uh, you definitely should pick this up. My biggest gripe of it is the boss battles are brutal, brutal in their design. And I think just maybe it I think maybe with the mechanics, it was kind of a stretch to try to also create like intensive combat, like in general, any two enemy heavy moments. I just feel like you're trying to get me to do a lot of things because the way the game works with the 2D and top-down perspective is you swap between the characters like and but when you swap like the other character stays frozen in place sometimes that's used for like strategic mechanics but sometimes it's like oh i forgot that when i swapped you're actually near like a hazard and then so when you throw combat into the mix it's kind of a lot of variables to keep track of the good news is uh they have a setting where you can do like either slowing down the game you can add extra um like Hits to your character. It's default one, but you can make it like up to five or infinite. So you can basically just choose your way through it, uh which, like, honestly, is what I'd mostly recommend. Like, I think they are a fun challenge in the sense that it's very challenging, but I don't think they're like that well constructed of a challenge. So, I, but the good news is you can just kind of, you know, avoid that through the settings. Uh, I still hold that as a criticism of the game, though, because that is the base design of it. But it is worth noting that it doesn't end up impeding like your ability to progress or even just you know, enjoy the game. And that goes same for the puzzle areas too, though most of those can't really be cheesed into the solution. A few can, like, oh, instead of figuring out how to get through the spikes, I can just walk through them with my infinite health. But for the most part, you still do need to solve the puzzle um, because they're, like, not, you know, combat-based.
0: Yeah, that that all makes sense. It looks like I've seen, like, bits of it, and it looks like it would actually be a really fun game. Um, so I'm glad that you've played it and had a bit to say about it. Um And then... The last one that you've got on here, Janet, is The Ascent, which I've seen very, very mixed feedback on, or, or mostly negative, I should say. How How did you feel?
4: Yeah, I uh, I played this one uh, actually with people, finally. I always play these games like by myself for no reason, and they end up kind of being weird, but uh, I played it through other people, um, across different platforms, definitely ran into some tech issues, so that's one thing to note, and pretty much all of us just didn't really feel it. Um, it's... It kind of reminds me combat wise or at least like the game loop wise of the mindlessness of beat-em-ups which is not to inherently be a detriment i really enjoy games like that sometimes but it just felt like i was kind of going through the motions it didn't look particularly good like it just it just felt kind of bland uh you know like plain pasta Mm -hmm. like you know it can it sustain you sure should it Uh, maybe not um but at the same time i will say I know people who, like, I, you know, love their perspectives as as critics who love this game. So I I think if you like the genre, maybe at least read a couple, you know, reviews across the spectrum to get a sense of it and, you know, look at some gameplay. Because for some reason, some people really love it. And I just, you know, I'm pretty usually pretty good at seeing what other critics have to say and acknowledging the ways that they are, you know, correct or valid in their insights and just kind of usually it's a different read on the same thing that i see but in this case it's like i i just can't really wrap my head around what people like about it but there are people that like like this game for sure mm.
0: yeah i was i've i've just seen like so much negative but yeah i know you we were talking about it a little bit at the beginning and yeah um i don't know interesting very interesting one uh and we have two final ones on here both from ty uh first one is dodgeball academia how's that ty
1: it's pretty good um it's it's not like my hero anyone who says that is fucking a goof
0: does somebody Um, are people saying that some people have
1: said that and it's not true it's like It's like my hero in that it has academia in the name and it takes place at a school. Uh, And there are superpowers, but it is, like, extremely not the same. Um, But basically you play as a kid named Otto who uh, sneaks in, or, like, he gets accepted to this very prestigious dodgeball school, but he has to, like, sneak there because his parents don't want him to go there. Um, And then it's playing dodgeball. It's modified rules where, like, you have some games where you play like one on one and some games where you'll play like 3 on 3 and then sometimes if you knock a character out they'll just sit out and sometimes they'll go behind um your opponents to throw balls at them from like behind them um so there's a lot of different stuff going on and then you can switch out between like the if you're playing like a three person match you can switch out the characters um and they each have different kind of stats and like abilities um I'm not sure how many people you actually get to end up having on your team. I just got a third person. Uh, and I'm on, like, chapter five. Uh, so I still don't know how long it is. But it's very much, like, Saturday morning cartoons vibes. Uh, and, like, like it would be very at home at, like, on Nickelodeon when we were kids. Um, like, LT gray vibes, kind of. But with dodgeball.
2: Um, mm, okay. It looks cute. I'm downloading it now. It's on Game yeah, Pass. Yeah, it's
1: on Game Pass. It's also on Switch. I bought it on Switch because I'm a Switch bitch, but it is on Game Pass also. Um, yeah, I'm having fun with it. I'm probably going to finish it. Like I said, I think I'm on Chapter 5, so um, I'm trying to put some time in in between playing Boyfriend Dungeon and watching Danganronpa 3.
0: Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And then how was the last one on our list, Haven Park?
1: Uh, Haven Park is good. It's another one that, like, just dropped during that indie world, I'm pretty sure. Um, It came out super recently, at any rate. It's... The whole thing is, like, your grandma owns a camping ground slash, like, kind of nature preserve type area. And uh, it's kind of becoming run down as she's getting older and, like, less able to take care of it. So you go and, like, help her. Um, And it kind of has... a a short hike vibes in that, like, the way it looks and, you know, the outdoorsy setting and you're doing a lot of hiking and picking stuff up. Um But it also has, you know, the crafting and, like, oh, like, if you find a broken sign, like, you can fix it with wood if you have enough and that kind of stuff. Um And it's just cute and little and chill. It's kind of, I feel like, what I would have wanted Cozy Grove to be more like Um in that, yeah, you can just kind of keep going and do your thing until you're done. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I like it, little birds. It's cute.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one does look cute. Um, and that brings us to the end of it. We we got through it, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. so now it's just kind of our our wrap up on um, you know, like what our overall favorites have been. Um, and then I also like to always throw in the fun question of like, what's your favorite game that you've played this year that it did not come out this year? I think that's kind of Kind of a fun one, um, and then just talking about what we're excited about that's still coming out because we still have four months left. <laughs> um, so, I guess I'll start with um, I'll start with Jarrett. Uh, what has been your favorite game or like like your top couple? It's a good question.
3: Um, it's a harder question now because July and August had a bunch of games. Many of them I felt more than I thought I was going to feel including Death's Door, which is a great game. Uh, Something I didn't even intend on playing when I saw the first trailers, but, like, I couldn't escape the hype wave, turns out. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite game so far. It's hard to pick a favorite. I also really like Loop Hero. really like Grifflands. I gave Knockout City a 9 at IGN. I haven't played it probably since, like, right around the end of that review cycle. Um... But you know, it's it's hard not to really appreciate like a lot of real good games come out this year so far. This doesn't happen very often, I feel like, for me especially, where like every month had like two or three bangers.
0: Yeah, it was. It's been a pretty solid year. I mean, even if it hasn't been like one of those years where it's like big game, big game. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like, not like I feel like AAA
3: there's thing, but like man, yeah.
0: If you for have a sure. switch
3: or PC, like you're eating good this year. I feel like.
0: <laughs> uh Kayla, how about you? To be
2: honest, I am in this weird spot where like I agree that like there's been a whole bunch of like small little drops that have been really good. I mean, we also had like, you know, bigger games like Pokemon Snap that I played that came out, but I I don't like none of the games that I've played so far give me that game of the year feel yet. And maybe that's because like I've always been spoiled in the mindset of like a really big triple a game that like has to be game of the year. And like, we're finally getting to a place where like indies are really taking over that space. Um, But yeah, I think my, my biggest contender right now would be death store because of how fun it is, but I'm not finished it yet. So I can't really speak to that, but, but yeah, I, I don't really have that feeling yet, which is kind of weird, but we still got a couple months to go.
0: Yeah, I honestly, I guess I'll just, like, interject with, like, my stuff. Um, I feel the same way, Kayla. Like, there's not any one game that I've played where I'm like, oh my god, like, this is it. Like, I I feel so, like, drawn in by this. Um, Like, you know, I feel like I don't like really seeing remasters. So, like, with Mass Effect and Skyward Sword... I liked both of those games when both of them came out, you know what I mean, when the originals came out, so, like, I'm not huge on picking them, because they're really just essentially the same games, just prettier, um, but, like, I think those have been the, the games that, like, I've been most stoked about and, like, into while playing, um, other than that, though, I think the other game that I, like, I think that Knockout City is really good for, like, a multiplayer game, I think It Takes Two, once again, very good for multiplayer game, and, the single-player game that I've put the most time into is Story of Seasons Pioneers of Olive Town because I am a simulation bitch. And so, like, I love playing Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley-type games, and that one scratches that itch. Um, but nothing has been, like, oh my god, like, this is, like, a transcendent experience for me. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Uh, like,
2: I just, sorry, I like, piggybacking off of that and, like, it's weird because last year, like, like I don't feel the way that I feel at Death's Door. Like, I felt about Hades, right? Like, when Hades yeah, yeah. came out of Early Access and, like, was, like, going wild. Like, that game, the second you play it, you're like, this is game of the year. Like, this indie game is phenomenal. Like, holy shit. And it, like, was great. And I feel like a lot of people are feeling that way about Death's Door, but I, I just, I'm not there yet with anything, so... Sorry, yeah, I
0: just wanted to. No, I totally, back. <laughs> I totally get what you mean. Because like when I find that that game that I'm like obsessed with that year, like it was Hades for me last year, and then the year before that it was Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> so like, I, I oh, wait, actually, wait, no, Fire Emblem Three was that last year also? No, uh, no, it, was it was at least was, two years ago, probably. No. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it was. Because we were traveling and stuff. Yeah. When that game was out. Okay, I I freaked out for a second. I was like, time is fake. Wait, was that. But okay, so yeah, (laughs) last year it was Hades. The year before it was Fire Emblem Three Houses. And like, I just fall into a pit where like, I'm like retweeting fan art. Like, I'm like just thinking about it all the time. And I have not had anything like that this year. Um, But janet how about you like what has been like some of your standout best games you've played yeah i mean first i just want to speak to the
4: the year as a whole i do think you know there is a little bit of natural pushback of like this is a weak year where you be like what are you talking about games come out all the time and i feel that as someone that's now really working hard at like keeping up with everything so i'm very hyper aware of everything that comes out um but to me like my read on a good year versus a weak year is as much as it sounds like oh like I want everyone to think the same or something, which I, I don't, but we usually happen to because we all are like, I think, critics who have somewhat similar lenses on some elements of things. When there's not like, I'd say one to three clear answers, then that means it was a weak year. Like, that's my read on like last year. It's like, OK, Hades, Last of Us 2, and maybe a third game. I can't remember. That was the conversation. In other years, yeah. it's been like someone says control, someone says something else, someone ha- and that's not because there were so many amazing. It's because there was not a clear a clear answer. It's like love, right? Like, if you have to question it, it's not really what it is. And that's okay. Like, you know, life's hard. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff that comes out all the time. Like, there's not going to be... And again, not that it has to be AAA. It's not going to be a Hades and a God of War and a Breath of the Wild every single year. But, you know, so usually that's my read on the year as a whole. So I do think this is kind of a weaker year, but I still found definitely a lot of stuff to love, and I'm I'm looking forward to what's next. Uh, for me, my current top five, which I continue to update, which is very convenient for questions like this, uh, I got Chicory at number one, Bridly Default at two, Ratchet and Clank at three, uh, Resident Evil at four, and Death's Door at five. Uh, so that's where nice. I currently am with my uh, favorite games of the year so far.
0: Hell yeah. Um, yeah, no, and and what you said regarding this year makes total sense, too, because it has been. It's kind of been like a I don't know. It's a it's a weird year. Uh Ty, how about you though? What are your favorites right now?
1: Um I'm always the indie bitch every year. So, my favorites are Lance and Helup Hero in that order. Um I really really love Grifflands. I think it is like a game that's not all that complicated but like does a lot with everything it has and like really really does a good job blending um it's narrative and like the procedurally generated stuff, and the deck building, and the kind of pseudo-RPG stats. Um, I just think it's a very cool little game, and I like distinctly told a local friend, like, this game like reminds me why I like games. Um, so I love Riftlands a lot, and Loop Hero also just fucking rules. But I also liked Poke- I liked a lot of stuff this year. I liked Pokemon Snap a lot, I liked Ratchet a lot. Uh, I think Knockout City is pretty neat. Uh, I've gotten feral over Pokemon Unite, um, <laughs> so I'm having a good year.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm having a good year too. I just nothing is like, this is the one, you know. Like, I, I, I don't want to like have people think that like this isn't a good year for me for games because I I love like I'm echoing what Ty just said like so many of those games like I loved them I'm having a lot of fun with them but I just I don't know I don't feel Mm -hmm. like any of them are like big headline game of the year like in my brain
0: yeah I think for me it's like when I look back at the list and when the ones that like I've been most invested in are Uh, A remake of a Zelda game, a remake of the Mass Effect trilogy, and then an expansion for Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm like, "Mm." you know, like it's just like all additions to like pre-existing things or like remake or remasters of pre-existing things. So I'm like, for me, I'm still like waiting for like that 2021 game that like really gets me. Um, So like, I'm I'm kind of in the mid. area with that I don't know Um, but we still do have stuff coming out too Uh, before we move into that I do want to ask the question of what's your favorite game that you've played this year that did not come out this year and I'm just going to like go in reverse order so Ty what's yours Uh,
1: Danganronpa 2
0: oh okay
1: I mean I already played
4: it like a
0: billion times but I love that game yeah still yeah Uh, how about you Janet
4: uh, Overcooked 2. I started playing last year, but I finally oh, finished nice. it, and I yeah. platinumed. Yeah. yeah! Hell yeah, I love that <laughs> game. It's so good. Uh, I have the All You Can Eat edition that has both the games and all the DLCs, so I've done all of that. They had a birthday five-year update um, like a few yeah. days ago. Played that too, and I was like, I have not yet had All I Can Eat. Like I can't wait for them to do more, or maybe just do a third one, because um, I, I love the hell out of that game. Super fun.
1: Yeah, Andrew and I are going to play but uh, birthday stuff this weekend. Nice! I'm excited!
0: Yeah, that, those games are so fun. They really are. I love a good co-op. Really do. Um, I guess that... Okay, that's me. Uh, mine is Metal Gear Solid. Nice. <laughs> I never got around to uh, to playing the first Metal Gear Solid. And I... It recently uh, came on GOG, so you could play it on PC, because it was kind of a harder one to play. And that game truly it just it slaps it's real fucking good um there is a reason why it gets the praise that it gets um it's so (laughs) it's just the outside of the box thinking that like all makes sense but it's so frustrating because you're like who the fuck thinks like that like but but it makes (laughs) sense um and it just it works like it's a very fun game um it's it's still like pretty challenging i think that uh like the the actual like controls have not aged the most gracefully uh it's kind of a bit of a pain in the ass still um but yeah i don't know i really do love it though it's a fantastic game um i had a great time with it um kayla what's yours ea
2: like has me in a chokehold like literally since i was like 12 years old so uh I will be playing Sims and giving them my money forever probably because that's just the person that I am and I've played a lot of Sims and I bought the Cottage Core stuff and I think I bought an expansion since then too and I haven't even like played much of that like I just still do the same shit on with like the base game I that's just that's just that's where my (laughs) mental health is when you know shit is off the rockers is when I'm like putting too much time into sims again so there you go
0: i'm i'm the same way sims is like my <laughs> i need help game.
2: <laughs> like last week it's not it's not funny but it's funny yeah. and our, our listeners understand so
0: it's yes <laughs> like i feel like everybody has that though right like just that game that they like hole up with and then like so much time passes and you're like oh shit <laughs> um so yeah sims is that for me too um jared how about you what's been your favorite one that you have played that is not from this year
3: i think maybe i've been getting back into a game a mobile game called really bad chess by a guy named zach gage who did um spell tower and like card of darkness and the original outroll for like the arcade. Apple Arcade. Mm. Um, Really bad chess is chess but procedurally generated. So all your pieces are, you don't get the same pieces every time. Uh, So it's less a game about understanding like normal ass chess patterns and more of a game about assessing the board every single move because every piece, like both sides don't have the same pieces and you don't have the amount of pieces you thought you would. Like you might have three queens, you might have like a team full of pawns, you might have two kings like it's a it's it's one of those games where every time you play it it's like stressful um but i find it to be fascinating and i never really got into it like as hard as i thought like in 2018 or whenever when it came out but like the past month or so i've been going like hard in this game
0: that sounds wild and like so fun i actually kind of want to try that that's weird um very inventive okay that's that's a cool game um sweet so the last thing that i wanted to touch on then before we we wrap this up with a beautiful bow um is upcoming releases that we're excited for um so i'm gonna i'm gonna toss it to to janet first janet do you want to tell us some of the games that are still coming this year that you think might end up making your list sure um i will
4: say i basis off of whatever you did not write down <laughs> so i don't know what everyone else is offhand with before without okay. glancing on the stuff so i tried to pick ones that maybe weren't as listed uh so she dreams elsewhere is a game that was put on my radar uh by blessing over at kind of funny and it's a surreal rpg where you're going through like a dreamscape uh it looks kind of undertale like there is a demo of it out on steam though i haven't played the demo because usually i try to just save i'm like i'll just wait for the whole thing to to be out and, and get a full perspective on it uh kina bridge of spirits um Indie game. You're sort of in a forest. There's like some combat elements. It looks. The art is like stunning. It's very like Pixar-esque. It's been shown off uh, quite a few times, so I feel like most people know mostly what that is. Um, Lost in Random. Every time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it looks like it's gonna be really good. Uh, hopefully, it yeah, is. Yeah, that's. That's what I was going to say is every time I see that game, I'm floored that it's like a technically an indie game because it is beautiful. I'm really excited for that one, too. Yeah,
4: I'm hoping it'll occupy that space that like the Pathless did for me where maybe not everyone's like mm-hmm. obsessed, but it's it's good. Like, it's really good. That's what I'm, I'm hoping to get out of mm-hmm. that one. Uh, Lost in Random was shown off at. Oh, God, what was it? It was EA, right? I think EA Play. Um, yeah. Yeah. That game looks super interesting uh, as well. 12 Minutes comes out next week. Uh, I love time loops, love stories love annapurna so I'm, I'm ready to go on that one uh and oddly enough writers republic i just feel like it'll be fun like it's not really my kind of thing but I, I it looks uh enjoy enjoyable from uh the stuff they've shown off and then road 96 also comes out next week and that's that
0: procedurally generated road trip game so yeah perfect uh next person i will throw it to is kayla kayla what are you excited about hello i am
2: very excited for the pokemon diamond and pearl remakes because i always play those a lot i'm also excited for sable i think jess wrote the- both of those as well sable just looks beautiful i didn't get to play the demo but uh it looks beautiful and Jay brecky's on that soundtrack and we love japanese breakfast um guardians of the galaxy is supposed to come out this year don't know if that's gonna change uh i guess we'll see but you know I'm, I'm a Marvel girl, so that's gonna be fun, and it looks like a lot of fun based on the E3 stuff we saw. Uh, Life is Strange True Colors looks really good, and they've already shown off a lot of the, like, DLC stuff, which looks really good as well. And obviously, Destiny 2 The Witch Queen, you know? We get some stuff with Savathun, which we've been waiting for for years, and it's gonna be real good, and they're doing, like, a bungee Direct kind of thing, and, like, Less than two weeks, and I'm very excited for that. Uh, So that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: It's wild, too, because, like, we were just talking, obviously, a couple minutes ago about, like, and you were saying, like, oh, it hasn't been, like, a year where tons of stuff has, like, called me. And then I see that lineup, and I'm like, that is the most Kayla lineup of shit coming, though. Like, Pokemon games. Yeah, Yeah. the end of the
2: year is always, like, my... My game of the year mm-hmm. stuff will probably end up being one of those games, but
0: we'll see. Yeah, it, it really—it's just very funny. I'm like Pokemon game, Marvel game, Life is Strange, Destiny 2. Like that—that that is the most Kayla lineup ever. Um, <laughs> it's good though. Uh, Jarrett, how about you? What are you most excited for?
3: Hmm, uh, Death Loop. I think everyone. Yeah. little really Excited for? Um, I'm so excited for it. This kind of immersive sim that's also maybe a pvp shooter um yeah i I need to know more about that i think uh i haven't really watched any trailers since i think it was delayed because i'm going to buy that game so like i don't really need to you don't need to sell it to me anymore i got you i got you um metroid dread uh i'm not like big metroid guy but like i don't know this one seems like the one for me
0: it looks so. real good. Also, that's it's on, on it's on my Switch list too.
3: Pokémon Unite, so. <laughs> uh Back for Blood, which I've been playing the open beta for. Um I play a lot of Left for Dead as a youngling and this is that like 100%. So, made by the same guys, so I'm back in. Turns out uh Solar Ash the follow-up to um a game whose name I can't remember, but is. Uh, Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah, I have a Hyperlight Drifter fucking desktop. I couldn't remember the name of the game. Um, a 3D, basically, Hyperlife Drifter, it looks a whole lot like. Um, same moody color palette, lots of uh, 3D exploration. Really cool looking. Uh, just locomotion. A whole lot of moving in that game that seems like super rad really into that um aliens Team elite which is basically back for blood but in the aliens universe i'm specifically going to buy this because a friend of mine who has a ps4 has played two games on it um and it was injustice when i bought it for him so that our friends could play at his house and red dead redemption 2 which he's played for 600 hours um but it turns out aliens is his favorite movie ever so he's definitely going to buy this game. So I'll be able to play a third game with him.
0: <laughs> That's cute. I like that. Um, Ty, how about you?
1: Uh, I'm looking forward to Ollie Ollie World. Uh, I did the like press demo for it, and it was very fun. Uh, I'm also looking forward to Skatebird, which, as it sounds, is a bird skateboarding game. Uh, to I my interests
0: i was watching a video skatebird like a couple days ago i don't even remember why it was for something work related that game looks so cute i'm gonna pick mm-hmm. it up too mm-hmm. that shit is adorable
1: um i'm also looking forward to the new fatal frame game just because i've never played one so i'm excited to like get to check one out um that's it's called uh, fatal frame maiden of black water and then also, this is technically, I think it just got pushed to 2022, but I'm really excited for Venba, which is a cooking game about yeah. like, an Indian immigrant family, and I'm so fucking hyped.
4: There's some good yeah. uh cooking have- sims coming out. With soup mm-hmm. Pots also. I think Soup Pot's supposed to come out this year too. I'm also looking forward to that. I'm not sure.
0: That's one of the harder things with indie games, because I feel like whenever they're like pushed back, it's always like kind of more quiet, so you're like I know this is – because, like, even when you said uh, She Dreams Elsewhere, Janet, I thought that was pushed till next year. So that's really cool that it's coming out this year. Um, so far. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. And then you have you have stuff like Boyfriend Dungeon where, like, nobody quite knew when it was coming out. And then it was like, oh, by the way, we're on Switch in one hour. You're it's like, like It's okay. ready now. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Sure. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, God, I remember playing that demo, like, two and a half, two years ago, two and a half years ago. Three uh, years ago. It's
2: been three years, Oh, my God, that's
0: wild. Yeah, so, like, I had no idea when that was going to come out, and then it just just popped up. So, um, as far as what games I'm excited for, um, there's a lot, like, y'all listed that look really, really cool and that I might try out if I have time. Uh, What I have on my list is I'm excited for Deathloop. Uh, I'm also excited for Sable. Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania I'm really excited for, too. That's, like, a game that uh, I kind of, like grew up playing with my family um that was like our family game we'd all like get in front of the gamecube and play super monkey ball so i'm i'm excited for that one i'll probably like invite my little sister over and force her to play with me uh metroid dread looks really fucking cool um weirdly enough this is the first time i'll ever have like an anime related game on any list the demon slayer game that's coming out actually looks like really fucking cool
1: it does look pretty good
0: yeah, like, like, surprisingly good. Um, I was not expecting it. But then, like, I was watching some of it. and Like, it has, like, the actual, if you're, like, a Demon Slayer watcher, like, when you use the sword, those like, waves that are animated and stuff like that. Like, it looks like that. Like, the, like the game is just very pretty. Um, so, like, that could potentially be good. Um, so I'm hesitantly uh, looking forward to that. Because a lot of times, like, anime-based games are not the best. Um, but we'll see. Maybe it's good. Uh, Solar Ash, I fucking love Hyperlight Drifter. One of my favorite games. Um, I played it last year, which is a few years after it came out. But like, wow, just a fantastic game. Um, and then also Diamond and Pearl remakes. I I played Diamond when I was a kid. I don't remember it very well at all. Um, but Pokemon games are nice, like comfort food games. Where you just pick it up and you can just sink time into it. And I don't know. It's like I said, it's comfort food. So that sounds like that could be. A nice way to wrap up the year. And uh, speaking of wrapping up, so we are we are all done. Thank you very much for uh, listening to all of that. If you're still here, (laughs) Jarrett, where can people find you?
3: Uh, Go on Twitter, type at Jarrett John in the little search box. Ignore the new font. and Just (laughs) hit that follow button. There you go. It's easier to follow me there. And then I'll just share some links and just read my stuff. It'd be great.
0: And do follow Jarrett. He's very funny. Uh, definitely out of pocket, but very funny.
3: out of line a little bit,
0: but whatever. It's good, though, in the best way. Uh, Janet, where can people find, find you? Yeah, similarly, uh, Twitter. Just uh,
4: search at Game Onysis. That's Game O-N-Y-S-U-S. It's also my handle on literally everything else. YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everything. Um, so, yeah, you can kind of find everything else through that and I have a hub site that's like a portfolio thing that's com. so that's a more direct link out if for some reason you don't use Twitter and you just want to still find all the things I do perfect
0: Kayla where can folks find you
2: you can find me on Twitter at kayla, and same for all social media but uh, Twitter is where I do game stuff everywhere else I shit shitpost so you know that's up to you <laughs>
0: And last but not least, where can people find you, Ty?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Wolf <laughs> Uh It's spelled exactly how it sounds. Uh, I think I'm that on pretty much everything else too. Uh, but yeah,
0: yay branding! <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at a wild Jesitu over on Twitter and Instagram. Pound around is a product of Uppercut, which you can find on all social media at UppercutCrit. Whoops. <laughs> which you can find on all social media at Uppercut Crit and at UppercutCrit.com. If you'd like to hang out with the Uppercut crew, feel free to join our Discord. As always, the link is in the episode description. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you just can't get enough, you can head over to Patreon.com slash UppercutCrit and toss a few couple bucks our way to get it early or to even get your name right at the end of the show. Just like these folks here. Santi Leguiza. Justin Drew, 3rd Avenue Anti-Capitalist, Alex Belling, Katie Merrer, Brian Hutchings, Cody Peters, Darren, Jefferson Toll, Hanna Kim, Matt Burr, Jordan Ramy, Dale, Adam Manahan, Wheels, Jesse Vitelli, GameCrash.co.uk, Adept7777, Optional Objectives, Kenneth Shepard, Lucas Lyon, Eli Berg-Moss, Jason Coles, Adrian A. Rock Williams, Matthew Flowers, Andrew Sherman, Colton Crow, Jesse Peterson, Jared Hsu, DJ Kento, Cam Koenig, Quentin Hoffman, and Mikey Phillips. Thank you all so much for your generosity and thank you, listener, for pounding around with us. Bye.